Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Trent McWicket is lonely on the lead. He's up by four on the outside. Don't tell me again, cutting into the margin. But it's McWicket four years later back at the top of the sport. Homicide Hunter sweeps past to the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4, the fastest trotter ever. Dewey did done good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walker Meister coming at him. Walker Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walker Meister in front. Giddy Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rocket Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rocket Ron, bit of a legend on the outside. Bit of a legend. This year's battle champion. 23 and 1. Homeward bound in gold cup and soccer. 59 somewhere. Penty rocking in heaven. Rose Run West is there. Here is the French connection. The alerts have won it. Fine. Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviar Alley in full gear outside. Shark start a feeling. Caviar Alley all out. Shark digging deep. Shark is going to dig in here and get the win here. Shark up on the front end. That none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Holds on to win! Foiled again! Tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Giddy Months ago, we saw PC superstar Lazarus return to Hoosier Park Racing and Casino to take on some of the uh, top pacers in the sport of harness racing in the Hoosier Pacing Derby. We come back to the scene of his first victory and pull off another win after losing a couple of races straight. We're live from Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. It's Caesars Trotting Classic Night here at Harris uh, Hoosier Park. Mike Carter joined by Taylor Johnson and uh, Jessica Otten and Jessica, I'll tell you what, uh, what a night it has been thus far. So far, we've had some upsets, we've had some favorites, and uh, no real bias. Yeah, no, um, do that one. He was like 48 to 1, get across the wire first, you know, and then we had Let's a nice... Let's not talk about him. <laughs> and then we had a nice one there again, the Priceless and the Brandon Bates. Um, Barn looked like it was nice on the front end. She put in an uncharacteristic break last week, but other than that, she was 4 for 6 on the year. Um, you know, this is one of my favorite race cards to cover here at Hoosier Park. It's got a plenty of action going on. And on uh, the next race coming up, we have a memorial race, so it'll be another exciting race. All right. Race number six is up next. And uh, for those of you listening to the uh, program, 
Hey, go figure. We lost our host connection. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Hey, we're starting off right. I accidentally hung up my phone. So uh, the host connection coming back here in just a moment. What a big night, though, Jessica. It has been for live harness racing here at Harris Hoosier Park. They put on an amazing program each and every year, and they put on a multitude of stakes races. Yeah, they do. You know, um, we were just here for the damn patch, another great race it was. You know, um, Lather Up was phenomenal. Thought he was beating around the stretch and uh, – or around the last turn and come back on on the stretch. And tonight we get to see the Trotters, uh, the Caesars Trotting Classic, which is always a great race. It's a it's a packed field. Um, you'll see Guardian Angel AS and – you know, a couple others that have been really dominant this year. So it's a, it's a wide open event, I think. And, um, and then we'll jump right into the Pacers after that, which is always fun as well. Now, Jessica, let's talk about the Dan Patch. And one of those things where, you know, we thought for a second that, um, I got to mute my, mute my, uh, mute our host uh, phone here. Uh, we thought for a second that last From uh, Delaware, Ohio. We were all in Delaware, Ohio yesterday. We'll talk a little bit about the jug here momentarily. Taylor Johnston joining us. And Taylor, what a loaded field the Harris Park Hoosier Pacing Derby and the Caesars Trotting Classic is. It's going to be a great night. Yes, it's going to be such a great night. And like Jessica said, they put on such a great program here at Hoosier Park. It's one of my favorite tracks to come out to. Love being out here. Um, they got some great trotters, some great pacers, and these trotters and pacers I actually just saw a couple weeks ago at Toyota Downs race for the. All right, thank you, Taylor, and uh, we'll be talking with you. You'll be providing our uh, pre and uh, post race interviews, and it should be a fun night. Yeah, I am looking forward to being back in the front paddock tonight. That's one of the best parts about Hoosier Park here is they have that front paddock where fans can go and see the horses, see the drivers, be involved in harness racing. And that's one of the best things about harness racing is the fans. The fans is what makes it. And these drivers are such – they're great athletes um, when it comes to that, and they're good at, for putting on a show for all of their fans. All right, Jessica. Race number six is coming up next. It is the Ryan Wilcox Memorial. If you had a chance, you can take a look at it. The two to five and the three. You think they beat always the prince here? Um, well, realistically, when you're reading the program, yeah, I don't think they'll be able to. Um, I asked someone early in the night what their best bet of the night was. They said him, but at two to five, I'd have to pass at a betting point. But you hope he'd come back and, you know, be strong again. He is taking a huge class relief. So hopefully that gives us um, a momentum back. One thing that Emily Gaskin mentioned earlier, she said she liked the 10 risk. She thought maybe there would be some pace towards the front end. And I think I might have to agree with her. I agree 100%. Um, I think we watched this horse 
last year, um, either on this night or Dan Patch night, win for the first time, first start for Jeff Culifer. And, you know, he's been on the board the last uh, three or four starts, been racing well, knocking on the door, does draw post in, but there are a lot of horses in the, to the inside of him that do put up a lot of um, early front-end speed, early pace, and so when you have post in, you should be able to be right there. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Whitbank Farm yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. The 2019 lineup features siblings of rich performers and first foals from productive families. In 2019, Whitbank Farm is selling yearlings at Goshen on September 8th, the Ohio Selected Sale on September 13th, on Gate September 18th through the 21st, Lexington October 1st through the 5th, London October 19th and 20th, Harrisburg November 4th through the 6th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 7th and eighth. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. From the edge of your seat starts to the white knuckle finishes. Horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other. One that the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association intends to preserve in the Keystone State for years and years to come. From our breeders to track operators to you, the fan. PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseRacing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, joined by Jess Gotten and Taylor Johnston. Race number six is going to the gate. We're going to forego the sixth race. Uh, Always a Prince currently sitting at two to five, uncompromising ZTAM at nine to one, five to one on the one cat flight. Girls, we're going to go ahead and skip to the uh, 
to the stakes races, uh, so to speak. This stakes laden program begins in race number seven with the moneymaker for three-year-old Philly Trotters. And Jessica, we'll toss it to you first. Uh, we have Evident Beauty in here uh, who made a break in the Hamiltonian Oaks before returning to a second-place effort in the Zweig. But you also have hometown hero Grand Swan who's done some really good things here at Harris Hoosier Park. Yes, she has, and um, also measured perfection. It looks like, like those two have been drawing in um, different divisions of the ISS Indiana Sire Stakes program here at Hoosier Park. Both top fillies on their game. Both horses draw in a nice field of horses, um, in a nice field here, the um, moneymaker. Uh, Evident Beauty made that uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic break in the Simcoe and then come back out of post 10 to win the elegant image at Woodbine Mohawk Park. I thought she raced really 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 well last week now does it concern you at all that she's made two breaks in her recent starts coming into tonight is because of um, him popping the earplugs and when he popped the earplugs that's when she you know runs so last week they didn't even put a string on the earplugs so he couldn't pop them, so therefore, you know, she was able to stay on stride and win the race. From post 10, she was uh, um, 27 and 4 at the end of it for a mile and 53. This is a nice group of three-year-old Philly Trotters. Measured perfection from the rail for Ron Burke. Trace Dietrich stays aboard. Um, he's the primary pilot of this Philly. She was third last week um, from post 2. Um, but other than that, you really only see her hitting the board of the entire program. She's had four start or four wins from six starts, three seconds, just under a hundred thousand dollars made. Um, Julie Miller since went out from post to special honor. Um, she picks up Yannick for the drive. He drove her last week in the Simcoe, or two weeks ago in the Simcoe, excuse me. Finished second um, behind Wayne Dev's cry. Um, so that's another solid start. We just talked about Evident Beauty. She starts from post three. Um, Grand Swan is the four for Louane Miller, he's driving and training that one. That's another one who's been very well. She shows an uncharacteristic break in the program as well, but she also shows a solid qualifier and a solid win in the ISS. Sarita, you can't take anything away from her either. Joe Holloway, Dexter Dunn, back in the bike for this one. Um, third last time out after making a break behind the gate. And then Sisters Promise, um, obviously didn't have much luck from post eight in the uh, elegant image last week and picks up 10 T-Trick tonight. This is going to be an interesting race uh, in a toad right. You have Sorella at seven to two from the inside, who was second to Sister Sledge in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes Championship. And we all know about Sister Sledge in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes. She's unbeaten in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes. Sorella enters this race tonight. You've got the three Rock Swan in this race. You've got Sherry Lynn's Lady from post number five. It's a pretty wide open affair. Yeah, there are plenty of great fillies in this race. Um, I do like Sorella. Like you said, has been racing really big this year um, out in Pennsylvania. Um, up next to Sister Sledge, who is not in this race, so and she draws uh, post one, so I think she could be the one to beat tonight. Help if I turn my mic up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the ninth race. Ninth race is the elevation for two-year-old Colt and Gelding Pacers. Odds on Osiris, Jessica, has been phenomenal over the past couple of weeks on the Indiana Sire Stakes circuit. One by seven in 150 and three. 
And this is a barn that you actually uh, worked for at one point. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, very good friends with the Wrens. Um, I wasn't in the barn when this horse came in. Um, he's just two this year. Uh, I watched this horse race last week, and when he, you know, went right by that horse, uh, on the front and he made the front he kept going and he looked like he had more left in the tank he was freaky fast he had post eight tonight he draws post two pete did mention in one of his interviews on the article that i read on the usda he said yeah i haven't really quite figured this horse out yet but he's going good so i really like to see what this horse is like when he does get him figured out um he hadn't been racing all that well and i do remember him saying um when they took him to the fox state that's really when he um took off and i think you were there for the fox oh yeah was there. The State Fair. yeah so it's nice to see the wrens get a nice one here um and he's getting mixed in a little bit with um, some grand circuit company so it, it, that's nice to see as well too all right the 10th race is the uh, jenna's beach boy uh for three-year-old colton gelding pacers and taylor this is one of those races where if you're going to skip the jug you might you might as well come here you've got century fair who draws post number 10 working on a mystery has been a complete mystery for Brian Brown this year. Has dealt with injury, has dealt with sickness, has done with a little bit of everything. You've got Crimson and Chrome from post two, and number five, Little Rocket Man. Working on a mystery, I loved watching this horse at the beginning of the season. Um, like you said, he's had, or yeah, had a little bit of sickness, had a little bit of injury. Brian Brown has done great work with him, and I think he's going to go out there and do well tonight. Um, but like you said, these are the horses that did not go to jug so it's kind of like the second round of the jug just the next day um little rocket man has the fit or perhaps the five hole tonight um i think he's going to be really sharp he had 10 wins so far this year out of 14 starts he's looking good with a good post position um but i do like the nine rocky got framed as well for um the hometown hero around here jamie mccumber but that's the nine hole so we'll see how uh he can do tonight interesting about jamie mccumber she was in the winner's circle for the first race. The 11th race is the Caesars Trotting Classic and Jessica. The 2018 champion, Marion Marauder, returns here from post number one. Uh, he's kind of been off his game a little bit this season. Uh, you also have Lindy the Great, Crystal Fashion, who I've been a big fan of, as you all know. And who could forget the big mayor, Hannah Laura Hanover? Yeah, um, just going to hop back one more race. You can't forget about the 10th Century Pharaoh. I'm, um, I love watching this horse race at Woodbine Mohawk Park. I'm excited to see him here. Okay. On to race good. 11. No, that's good. <laughs> Throw it in there. On to race 11. Yeah, this is a, a very good in-depth group of trotters. Um, you know, this is where Hannah Lore Hanover first got started right here on the Hoosier Park Oval. Um, and uh, Yannick is on is in, is in the bike again tonight. Um, Crystal Fashion, what a game effort um, in the Maple Leaf elimination. Won the Cashman, won the Hamble Maturity. Um, won a division of the graduate you know this horse has just been phenomenal all year long um timmy Tiedrich had a de- tough decision to make between this one and guardian angel as and he's on a guardian angel as um david miller picks up the drive for crystal fashion but you know you have a, a couple nice ones in here you know six pack scratch last start does draw post nine but you know he's capable Aki's gonna bring him ready to go so you never know with that one and guardian angel as you know at one point in time, I didn't think there was any horse sharper racing than that horse in North America than him. Race number 12 is the Harris Hoosier Park Pacing Derby and Girls. This is going to be the one I think everybody is waiting on. The heavyweight battle continues. This is the plan, Taylor. Let's talk a little bit about this is the plan. Change Barnes, the Ron Burke Barn, and has done some fantastic things so far this year. McWicked seems to be rounding into form after winning the Ewart Memorial back at your home track at Sciota Downs. What do you think here? 
I have loved watching McWicked um, for years now. Ever since he was a two-year-old, three-year-old, I've followed this horse. He does well. Um, back in Toyota Downs a couple weeks ago, he was in the Ewer, and wow, what a race that was. I actually had goosebumps when he was coming across the finish line. I didn't think he had won at because the, there was a photo for a finish, and I didn't think it was him, but wow, he put up a great mile. But this is the plan who also supplemented in at the Ewer that night. He had a little bit of a tough uh, trip that around that track, but he's one definitely to keep an eye on as well this season. Ron Burke has done wonders with him. All right. So that is it. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I just thought we were going to just maybe chat about it. This ahead, is the plan. Jeremy. How do you get beat only a length and a half and finish seventh in that field? That's how close they were at the wire. I thought it was a great race. Yeah, the Ewart was one of the better uh, pacing races of the season. Everybody right there within uh, length two lengths of each other and mcwicked actually don't tell me again western fame it was a three-way dead heat for second that's incredible yeah uh western fame was a gutsy game performance he was first up the entire mile and still only gets speed announced tell you what this is going to be an amazing amazing race tonight and i know everybody's looking at the caesar's trotting classic but i'm ready for the hoosier pacing derby so am i and there's a horse in here that really sticks out to me working at the meadowlands um well both on duty and g's joe but you know g's joe was dominant there in november in December, and, um, you know, then we didn't see him for eight months, seven months. Yep. So I'd be curious to see maybe Taylor can talk to Irv or Marcus and kind of see what happened. He qual- he had two nice qualifiers at Pocono, raced one here at Hoosier, made a break, and then they took him to Lexington, and he won in the preferred in 49-26 at the end of it. So, you know, Marcus is back in the bike tonight. And against, obviously, Grand Circuit Company, but it'll be interesting to see what he's like. All right, that is the look through the few stake traces. Obviously, we went pretty quick there. We're going to talk more about the stake traces and highlight them as they come up. Taylor is going to be uh, walking around here getting some interviews. They're going to be doing the front paddock, the back paddock, maybe even the first turn paddock. No, first turn paddock. But, uh, Anywhere you need me, I'll be the there. You know. <laughs> the, bar, the center bar paddock. You know, We'll be having uh, some interviews here. We're going to have Hoosier Buddy on around 9 o'clock. He's Remind me to go the other way when he gets here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Listen, when I asked about clowns yesterday, I figured Taylor would jump through the ceiling. Oh, Chris, my gosh. Chris Page. You know that he hates, like, he literally hates clowns. Like, Jenna and Devin, the one that's with her tonight, they tried to pull a prank on him. You would have thought he, <laughs> he'd seen a ghost. Like, all this hilarious. Let's talk about that for a minute. We had the USTA Speaker Series yesterday we er, and Wednesday. We talked to Chris Page. And at the minute I brought up clowns, the answer was, uh, nah, no, nah, that would be nah, negative. Nah. So, I watched it yesterday. So I take it he wasn't first in line to go see it, too, this weekend? No. Definitely, no. Definitely <laughs> not. Definitely if not. If that's the case, I'm going to get Hoosier Buddy to come up and give you The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 715. For more information and reservations, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMeadowlands.com.
Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Taylor Johnston and Jessica Otten, the moneymaker for three-year-old affiliate trotters, is up next. And Jessica, let's go through the field here as they step onto the racetrack. 36 to 1, currently number one, is measured professional Medwork Racing Stable. Frank Baldicino is here in the house they all tonight. Are. Mike and um... Uh, Weaver, yep, yep, as well. JT uh, Silva, Purnell, and Weaver Bersemi, Ron Burke trains. Trace Tietrich is in the bike. Uh, you know, he won one, let's see, one, two, three, four straight in uh, two of them being against Indiana Sire Company. Takes a really big step up to the Grand Circuit stage. Not a bad deal here, though, in a field of six. No, not a bad deal at all. You know, you got to take you got to take that chance when you're racing that well um, to, you know, step up in the uh, Grand Circuit racing action. Uh, the two is special honor, Julie Miller. Yannick picks up the drive. Brittany Farms, Marvin Katz, um, Livefield of Ontario. This horse had a second in the Simcoe, um, just coming missing uh, when doves cry, you know. One win this year of 11 starts just shy of $80,000. Number three is Evident Beauty, and Evident Beauty is coming off a victory from post 10 at Woodbine Mohawk Park. And Jessica, you know as well as anybody, Post number 10 at tracks like the Meadowlands and Woodbine Mohawk Park are tough places to come from. Was able to get up by a half a length. Uh, didn't get the best of trips either uh, by David Miller. If she minds her manner, she could be tough. Two to one is actually not a bad price. Take a couple of starts to go. That's why you see the qualifying line to make sure she is ready to go. Um, had a win last start out in post eight uh, from in an Indiana Sire Stake final. Uh, Luane Miller uh, trains and drives eight starts, six wins, a total of 14 career wins, just shy of $175,000 this year. Takes the mark of 153 at Hoosier Park. The five is Star Rita, Joe Holloway, Dexter Dunn in the bike. That's the favorite right now at Rita Five. This horse has 11 starts, three wins, three seconds, and three thirds. Um, just over $120,000 made. A mark of 153 and three at the Meadowlands. Finished third last time out in the Hudson at Yonkers. Um, made a break behind the gate. It looks like at post four. Tried to make it to the front, but that's when she put in the miscue. The six is. And then Tim Peters is um, going to be in the Hall of Fame as well. Post six, I'm right now at 20 to 1, 13 starts, 
this year. One win, one second, three thirds, just over $100,000 made with a mark of 153 and four at Woodbine Mohawk Park. You know, we've got a bunch of Hall of Famers here. Uh, we've got Joe Holloway, we've got Tim Tietrich, who's going to be inducted this year, and you have Lindsay Dano. And David Miller. David Miller. Uh, you know, so a lot of talent, uh, as Dave Brower would say, talent. in this field. Hashtag Ta- talent. Hashtag talent. So an interesting field, and you're getting six to five currently on Evident Beauty, who is not currently the favorite. Um, off to the races like Slipper 4, Grand Swan. What do you make of Grand Swan in terms of this field? You know, that, that uncharacteristic break a couple of starts back would concern me, but then she come back, had a nice qualifier, had a nice in the sire stakes um, uh, leg there. Um, and Emily always mentions, you know, the horses that get around here all the time are used to the long Hoosier Park stretch, and, you know, it, it does play into effect, and it is the long stretch. So, you know, um, I think being 5-1 to one right now, she is a very good price. That's one thing you have to search for in these races, Jessica, is value. And, you know, one thing you have to demand in races where it's possible where a horse like Evident Beauty could potentially make a break, um, you have to demand value. And in this race, this might be your value play. Yeah, I don't know if you heard me earlier about the David Miller interview. Um, maybe tonight they left the earplug string off again. It thought maybe when he popped them, that's when she decided to make it. Um, I'm really, really, really happy though that when it's morning line seven to two, and she's been trotting just as fast as Grand Swan has around who did come up a little short last week, but does show winning a couple in a row inside her state company. This is a step up, but I'm really shocked to see a 17 to one on the board. You know, that you bring up an interesting point. When are they ever going to get Ron Burke at 17 to one ever again? And one thing about <laughs> all he wants is a high five. Come on. She's I petrified. I give it to you. She's scared of you. Who's your buddy? Yeah, I know. She's weird. It's okay. <laughs> She's putting her blood. <laughs> Who's your buddy just comes and stands right over her back. It's the funniest thing. Hey, 9 o'clock. Who's your buddy? We'll see you then, okay? Not only are you going to get a 17-1 to on a run Burkworth, but Trace Dietrich is the second leading driver here. So when you get two people like that. In a field up, of six. In a field of six with trotters. You know how the women can be. How can you not put a few bucks on them? I, you know how. I can't. Listen, I can't agree with you there. I hope you understand that. You know how the women can be. I know, but Philly I can't trotters. agree with you that. Philly listen, trotters are so hot-headed. I, I can. I don't know that. Okay. You might. You're a little hot-headed. No, you're a little icy. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> She's just a little icy. It's okay. All right. Team to one on the one. The two special honor. Nick Jingra teams up Jewel. Miller here, and I'm surprised at this combination only because Ron Burke trains the one, and we know Yannick drives for uh, the Burke stable consistently. Yeah, but this is a horse that's been racing in in Indiana consistently, and you know, I being you know on the horseman part of it, you're supposed to you know stay loyal to the driver, stay loyal to the trainer. So when a Makes horse, sense. and you know, um, I'm a firm believer in not uh, every driver can get along with every horse. So Trace gets along with this horse. Um, and he's going to have to continue to drive her, you know, in the Sire Stakes. Sire Stakes final comes up here, I think, October 11th or 12th. Um, so Andy didn't make the trip over here from the jug. I think he went back to Freehold, I think I saw on Twitter today. So Yannick didn't have in here, so she picks him up, or he picks her up, and uh, he drove her last week So and finished second. Yeah, it's an, an interesting play, that's for sure. You have the four Grand Swan currently sitting at 4-1, to one, five Starita. Um, taking a little bit of money off, I think the public is going with, 
um, Evident Beauty here, but they're depending on Evident Beauty not making a miscue. They're going to the gate for the seventh race. It's the money for three-year-old Philly Trotters. We're going to have Steve Cross joining us here. Steve Cross um, high atop the Hoosier Park Racing and Casino platform. Let's set it upstairs to the voice. Steve Cross. Electronic plays in the moneymaker. Enter the stretch for the start. They're at the post. And they're off. They could even start here. And the next. Evident beauty. Front league point star Evident Beauty forging up alongside Grand Swan. Evident Beauty takes the lead. Evident Beauty by a length. Grand Swan to the inside and trotting in second. Angling to the outside in third. It's Star Regia. Less than a sixteenth ago. Evident Beauty. But Grand Swan rallies back on the inside. Coming to the wire. Evident Beauty. Grand Swan noses apart. Evident Beauty wins the moneymaker in 153 and 3. Well, no real surprise there, but how about how good was Grand Swan here, Jessica? You know, this was Grand Swan's first date with Destiny, so to speak, against the Grand Circuit horses. Yeah, honestly, you know, David obviously didn't want to, you know, urge his silly on too hard, but she had been making miscues like right about there when he was getting close to Luane. Um, but nothing to take away from Grand Swan when you step up from the Indiana Sire Stakes and then into um, the Grand Circuit Company. A hard-fought effort right to the end, and, you know, um, Evident Beauty only beat her by like a nose. Yeah, it wasn't very, very much. And uh, we'll bring in the uh, third member of our cohort team down there. She, we got to make her work a little bit. She, she looks like, bit. you know, she, she's down there rolling her eyes at us because we brought Hoosier Buddy in. But uh, you know, the five uh, flattened out there a little bit. Uh, Starita, I was kind of surprised about that. Wait, say that again. I totally was zoned out because you brought up Hoosier Buddy again, and I lost what you said. Say that one I more said, time. I said I was kind of disappointed by Starita's performance in that race. Uh, you know, she raced kind of okay, but, you know, she just kind of flattened out late in the stretch. Right. No, she definitely just kind of fell back there. I mean, she still, what, finished Her lines here, she's already had three uh, 
third place finishes so far this year. That makes it four. But, yeah, she was just a little bit flat going down that stretch. Yeah, another note to look at there um, when Evident Beauty pulled and it, if she had a horse heart rate on her back, that would have been special on her. You know, um, that buried um, Sarita right on the rail. So it's when she was able to get her hands to the home, it was just too far, too late to go. So she'd have to settle for third. Um, I don't think it's it's unofficial. Three, four, five, one. Sorry, we're not sorry. Evident Beauty makes her way back to the winner's circle, right as you can see on the beat. All right. Uh, Taylor, let's see if maybe we can grab an interview here. We'll see, maybe. All right. Taylor's going to head over and see if she can grab uh, David Miller or some one of the winning of number three, Evident Beauty. Uh, you got to think. So uh, we could see there if um, Taylor can get him. That would be nice. That was a nice mile by her. The final time was 1.53 and 3. It is official. The three evident beauty, four to the grand, grand spawn was second, the five sorry, that was third, and the one measured for a section was fourth. Momentarily, we will have prices. Hopefully, Taylor can get a quick interview. Might be slim, though, because no one's there to take the horse back. So we might have to hold off on that one. Oh. You're okay. When you ask me to send it to commercial, you're live. <laughs> it's okay. No, you're still the mics are still hot. You're good. You're good. Hey, we'll, we'll talk yesterday. Or excuse me, we'll talk about you from yesterday. I've got a story to tell on you uh, from yesterday. So we'll talk about that after this quick timeout. You've got Post Mike presented by the USPA and Bed America. And they're off and pacing at the Dan Pat Stakes. They come to three quarters and 122 and four. Lazarus. Lazarus came forth to win the 25th running of the Dan Patch Day. Celebrating Indiana's richest harness race, the 26th edition of the $300,000 Dan Patch Stakes on Friday, August 9th at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Watch it live on Wish TV at 9 p.m. Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check with the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org.
We're back on this edition of Host Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, Taylor Johnson, and Jess Scott. And joining you live from Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is Evident Beauty. Just took down the three-year-old Philly trot. It was the moneymaker in 153 and a three. Up next is the eighth race. It's 11 minutes away. It's the Kentucky and a stallion management for two-year-old Philly Trotters. And they'll go post for it here in 11 minutes. But before we get to that, I got a story from Jug Day. I'm just kidding. Good Lord. What is wrong with you? Why were you going to cry? It was an accident. Because it's embarrassing. She she set a world record yesterday. That's all I'm going to say. Anyways, um, we all had a really good jug day yesterday. And we, you know, we, as we highlight some of the things we saw from the weekend, <laughs> I was scared of that bug like you were scared of Hoosier, buddy. Um, anyways. And then that guy waved at you. Yeah, because <laughs> he thought I was waving. Anyways. Um, Jug Day was a great, just a great couple of days of racing. And Jessica, you got to sit there for the last couple of days. Taylor, you actually worked inside the Jug Barn um, with some of the Jug horses, uh, providing security, I think, uh, if that's what you call it. Was that security that you were doing? Yeah, I mean, that was my official title. I was more of a, more or less just, you know, walking around, talking to people, making sure everybody was on their best behavior. Official horse better <laughs> or horse petter. That's what she was there. I mean, no, I was more or less like a bench watcher. That was probably my official title right there. But no, what I love about it's my third year working in the jug barn. And I absolutely love it because I get to be around the horses all day. I get to be around the grooms, the trainers, the owners, and just be a part of that special day for them is what makes it even better because not every. the owners in the jug barn and the jugette barn being so proud of their horses their fillies their colts and whatever just loving on them petting on them it's such an amazing experience to see and yesterday um south Ozzy, i actually got to spend some time with him i got to spend some time with him um early in the morning i was loving on him petting on him and then he goes out there wins his elimination and then goes back and kills it in the final runs off what a race that was and uh that's Fantastic for the connections out there. Jessica, how was your jug day? <laughs> to um, spend um, the, most of the day in the. So that was, that was cool, cool, you know, I got to take some got to be up there um, close with the horses, you know, and everybody taking photos of them. Uh, that was very two good eliminations and an even better final. Wiggly Jiggly Trace was good too, right? Fantastic. <laughs> It was great to see him back on the track, wasn't it? it? Honestly, it was. It was. You know, he's a fan favorite horse, and I think. Yeah, well, she's slow. She's trying to get mad at me, and uh, she can, you can't stay mad at me. Never, I can never stay. <laughs> that that you are. Did you? Did anybody else bring headphones with the microphone by chance? Anybody else bring micro- headphones with the microphone? Besides you, because I know you didn't. No, not you, her. Anybody else? We are going to take a quick time out. We're going to make a quick microphone transition. And when we come back, here is Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. 
At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. Every year, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation travels the country to share the love of harness racing with the next generation. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation educates, introducing youth to new friends and opportunities. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Learn how you can support bringing kids and horses together, building a stronger future for the sport. Visit hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. We're back on this edition of Host Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America Mike Carter, joined by Jess Gotten and Taylor Johnson. Taylor just stepped away for just a moment. The horses are entering the front paddock here at Harris Hoosier Park as they get ready for the 11th race. It is the Caesars Trotting a Classic. And Taking a look at tonight's eighth race, currently on the board, five to two on the three. Rock Swan is coming off a four-win winning streak here, has won five of her last seven starts for trainer Irv Miller. And one thing about Rock Swan is that she is extremely versatile. She can race. She can race from off the pace. She can race from just about anywhere. And Jessica, I, I really admire the connections of Rock Swan for putting her into here. This is a big grand circuit race. Obviously, you have Sorella for trainer Stefan Lind. Um, you've got the eight Kikamura, which uh, with our man, uh, with our man uh, Aaron Merriman in the sulky. Yeah, um, you do have to get a lot of credit to Rock Swan, you know, the Irv Miller Barn Red Racing here at Hoosier Park in the Indiana Sire Stakes, and. Um, like Emily said earlier on their pregame show, you have to give a lot of credit to the, the Indiana Connections for, you know, stepping up and making, you know, an appearance in, in the Grand Circuit. But I don't see why she wouldn't be uh, as good as the rest of them in here. You know, like you said, Sorella was second to us, has been second to Sister Sledge over at Pennsylvania in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes. Um, then you have Queen of the Hill for Perenglum. Uh, I really do like this free. Like you said, she's very versatile. Off the pace, on the front, in a hole, you know, second over, you know. She's really good with, kind of no matter where Trace put her. She, I think she, and she draws in a good spot here as well. Um, a couple others in here. Um, the 10 crucial at 15 to 1. Um, this is a Ron Burke connection. You know, this horse has been uh, six starts on the year, three wins, four thirds. Um, just over $100,000 made. And um, finished third in the Kentucky Sire State Final. And, um, you know, draws post 10, but I think that this is one that could play a factor in here as well. All right. We're going to try this. Uh, we're going to try this thing one more time. We apologize to all of our listeners who are listening up. I miss you. This has been uh, an internet frenzy, to speak, Jessica. It's been one of those around here, but uh, we're trying. For the eighth 
race. It's the Kentuckiana Stallion Management for two-year-old Philly uh, Trotters. As they come onto the racetrack, the uh, bugler here at Harris Hoosier Park welcomes the uh, two-year-old Philly Trotters out as Jess Cotton and I will go through the full field of 10, a full field of 10. Big field of two-year-old uh, Phillies, uh, Jessica, and it's really interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Currently on the board at three to one, number one, Sorella is owned by Elmer Fannin and Crawford Farms Racing. Stefan Lynn trains. Christian Lind is in the bike. Then a second to Sister Sledge, a perfect horse in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes, was second at thirty-four to one. Currently, you're getting seven to two. The two on the board right now at fifteen to one. Queen of the Hill, Pair Anglum trains. Aboard uh, this muscle. Seven starts this year, three wins and a third of a mark of 155 at Pocono Downs. Number three is on the SNR Racing and Anthony Lombardi. Irv Miller does the training. Trace Tietrich is in the sulky, has won the last seven starts, four of which, excuse me, three of which have been against Indiana Sired Company. This is a big race for her, and I think she's got a big chance. The four on the board right now at five to one. Spoiled Princess Nifty Norman train. Brian Sears in down for the drive. Seven starts this year, three wins. Um, just over 75,000 made a mark of 155 and two at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Fun fact about Brian Sears from yesterday he had four drives at Delaware and he won all four of them. So, all right, all right. Uh, wow, look at you guys and all your dang stats. Listen, five to one on the board is a great price on Brian. Sherry Lynn's Lady is owned by Coyote Wind Farms. Jim Campbell does the training. Tim Tietrich does the driving. This horse has been just about everywhere, Jessica, and I think that she's got a pretty decent chance here with second in the Jim Doherty final, which we all saw back in Yes, we did, and here's the six stands default. Ron Burke trains Matt Kikaley in town for the drive. This is on the board right now at 44-1. to one. You know, and this horse has had seven starts this year with um, – Three wins, just over $92,000 made. Another one with a mark at Pocono down, 155. Miss Walia is the seven for trainer Rick Zeron and driver Scott Zeron, who teamed up with Atlanta in last year's team to score the victory. Has won three straight races thus far this year, but has been racing against Stallion Series Company in the Pennsylvania. And you know from working with uh, the Meadowlands and New Jersey Sire Stakes, in Pennsylvania, they have the different tiered uh, sire stakes. They've got the Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania All-Stars, and the Stallion Series, correct? Yeah, and then in Ohio, they do the same thing. They have the sire stakes, they have the uh, Buckeye Stallion Series, and then below that is when you go to the fairs of Ohio circuit. Um, eight is Kiki. Uh, Chris Beaver ships in over from Ohio. Aaron Merriman is here for the drive. Seven starts, three wins, three seconds, just over $200,000 made. And this is the winner of the Ohio Sire Stakes Finals for two-year-old Philly Trotter. Um, on a very sloppy track, 157 is the lifetime mark that night at Northfield Park. It's a tough spot, but uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Nine Bluebird, Lady Luck for Trader Driver Dan Shetler and the David Yoder Stables and Devin Mullet. Uh, has been all around against Indiana Sire Stakes Company, was third, beaten sec- two, excuse me, two lengths. Uh, by Rock Swan uh, was second in the start before that. Bluebird Lady Luck could potentially show up on the ticket at 99 to 1. The 10 is crucial. Ron Burke, another trainer, trainee in here for him. For the drive, Chris has drove this horse twice, had a win with him in the Kentucky Sire Stakes, and a third as well. This horse comes off of a third place finish in the Kentucky Sire Stakes final. One in 
trot is a mile in 153 and two, home in 27 and three. Six starts has one half of them this year, just over $100,000 made. And um, this horse has a mark of 154, or yeah, 154 and three at the Meadowlands. This one finished fourth in the um, Dortree Memorial at the Meadowlands. You know, this one was parked, made the front, and then was um, passed by late horses in the trot at the end of it. All right. That's the field for the upcoming eighth race, the Kentuckiana Stallion Management for two-year-old Philly Trotters as the horses are getting, or excuse me, moving to the front paddock here at Harris Hoosier Park uh, for the Caesars Trotting Classic. And girls, one thing about Harris Park is they use the front paddock for a lot of these big races. Taylor will bring you in as you're going to get ready to walk over there and do some interviews for us. Um, let's talk a little bit about what it's like for the fans, so to speak. The fans can kind of go over, check the horses out, and do their thing. Yeah, the fans, it's a great way to get the fans involved in. Hoosier Park actually does a really great job of getting the fans in, involved down here on the, um, what are we, the patio? Um, there, the yeah, the apron. Well, I'll say the downs, you know, we call it the patio, whatever. Um, but they have bounce houses down here. They got some games going on down there. So they do a great job of getting fans, getting the kids to the races, keeping them occupied. And that front paddock actually is a great way to do it as well because the drivers come over, they sign some autographs, they talk to the fans, they, uh, the trainers go over there, the grooms. Everybody loves the front paddock, and everybody I've talked to, you know, fan-wise, loves seeing them there. All right, Taylor, I'm anxious to see who you can grab up uh, from over there. It's uh, going to be a big big race as the Caesars trotting classic takes center stage. We're just a couple of races away from it. Oh, sorry. Again, zoned out, man, I'm terrible at this tonight. Yeah. I am very excited to watch these trotters go off tonight. Um, like I said, I watched them a couple weeks back at Toyota downs and I'm ready to see what they can do tonight. And, uh, grabbing who I can torture with some interviews. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be hearing from Taylor here in just a little bit, just 75 seconds away from the eighth race. And let's talk about the eight Kikimura for just a split second, Jessica. Six to one is currently, excuse me, 16 to one is currently what you're getting as a price. You mentioned the racetrack at Northfield Park. On and one thing about the track at Northfield, it wasn't the greatest, it was, you know, a sloppy, sloppy mess or a lot, a lot of rain. Be interesting to see how Keith Moore kind of bumps his back against the field. Yeah, I I agree 100. I watched a little bit of the races there that night. I had some Snapchat. Videos. Like, this is another one to pay attention to post position. Um, early in the year had a, a two hole, and then you had six, six, nine, four. That's when she made a break. Yep. Then you have eight, and then she draws the fi- the rail in the final. And when you have a track that's sloppy, all of the traffic is on the rail. So, you know, the, the the surface on the inside might not be quite as well. Now she's back on the outside again. All right. Interesting uh, interesting call there. From and, and we'll talk to you more about the horseman angle. I've got actually some questions for you later on. Uh, you, you should be afraid. Oh, I'm afraid. Be very, very afraid. I mean, I'm ready. <laughs> uh, we are a couple seconds away from Peter this race is always a fun race to watch. It'll be interesting to see who takes home the prize here. Upstairs to the man.
Sorella from the inside for the lead. From the center of the track, it's Sherry Lynn's lady. From the outside comes Kiki Mora. They're between the Rock Swan that trots out in fifth. Crucial sliding through to the inside to six. Spoiled Princess comes away seventh. They race into the first turn at eight. Foe, ninth then, Miss Walaya and the trailer is Blooper Lady Luck. 27-2 the opening quarter, Sherry Lynn's Lady and Tim Tietrich clearing to the lead. Right back now looking to retake it, Sorella and Christian Lind. Sorella stepping up now, a nose and neck, now a lane in front. So Sherry Lynn's Lady is back to the inside in second, Queen of the Hill along the pylon third. Kiki Moore to the inside trots fourth, Rock Swan continues and she's out and moving now. Flush by Crucial, who's second of her six. Spoiled Princess is out of the flow. Sands Defoe to the inside. 57-2 for the half. Phillies tightly packed here as they continue out of the far turn. And it's the Muscle Hill Phillies, Cervella leading. The lead is just a half length now to the outside. Rock Swan is there pressuring the leader in second. Crucial is well-placed second of her by Page, trotting in third. Sherry Lynn's Lady now blocked to the inside of fourth. Queen of the Hill buried on the inside in fifth. Spoiled Princess third over as they come to the stretch. 126 and 1 in the Swan for All. Racing for home, and here's Rock Swan to the outside. Cervella to the inside. Along the pylons looking to trot on through Sherry Lynn's Lady. Is Rock Swan with a short lead. Cervella to the inside. Lynn Lady into the passing lane with less than a 60 to go. Rock Swan, Sherry Lynn's Lady, the T-Trix 1-2 here as they come down to the line. On the inside, Sherry Lynn's Lady on the outside, Rock Swan. 1-54-2. Wow. It's going to town against each other. How do you like that? They had a dead heat. So, Timmy and Trace driving, dead heat. And T, the other brother, Trick, trains one. And then the dad, Tom T, owns the horse. So, it's a dead heat all around a huge family affair. I think that's awesome. But that was a very close. Uh, oh, know. that's close. Wow. wow. <laughs> Let's take another look at it. Here's the up-close view. Oh, I'm gonna man. Say inside. inside. I'm going to say the inside. The better brother won. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, when you when you see Tim Tietrich over there later, you make sure that uh, you tell him I said uh, that the better brother won. He might kill me. <laughs> You're not on. Oh, there you, there you go. go. All right. <laughs> it's funny, actually. I did an interview with um, Trace and Tim Tietrich a couple years ago, and Tim actually said that Trace was the better brother, the better driver, and the family favorite. So. <laughs> All right. So. Each time we come here, we get Hoosier Buddy's expertise. He's like five for five here. What, what the heck's going on? So we're going to have him make two picks tonight because there's two big racers. We're going to start with, if I can keep myself from talking too loud, start with the uh, Trotting Classic. Who's your buddy? Who you got? Let's see. I bet you I know who you pick, but we'll see. Who do you think here, Jess? Who do you think he goes with? I'm going to stick for the Guardian Angel or Hamilton. I'm thinking he might go with $50 bill. Maybe that one, too. You know, let's see. He's going to go with Hanalore. And then we're going to make you pick another one here for the uh, Hoosier Park Pacing Derby. This is going to be Taylor Johnston's pick of the night here. Kidding, Taylor. Let's see. Who is, who is he going to pick? Hmm. He always he always leaves us in uh, in suspense, Jess. 
Jess, he, he always leaves us in suspense. Jess. He always leaves us in suspense, Jess. Um, <laughs> he's going to go Endeavor. with the home. Endeavor. He's going to go with Jeff Colorfer's horse. All right. Good luck, Hoosier buddy. Told Hopefully you, we'll be back. Endeavor. Hometown heroes. Hometown heroes. Go ahead. You're, you're, you're good to step for a minute. Go ahead. <laughs> She's so mad at me. I'm telling stories on her. I'm turning your mic down. You're fine. Go. Anyways. The ninth race is coming up next. And uh, after Tim Tietrich, the better brother, defeats Trace Tietrich here, you know? I'm not saying who's better. I'm friends with all of them. That's like me asking my grandparents to pick the favorite grandchild. So I know I am the favorite. You are not. Yes, I am. You're not. Your 100% mom, Your the mom favorite. told me that Jenna was the favorite. Although she might not be the favorite after her antics yesterday. Jenna? Yes. She's- have you caused problems yesterday? It was the rotten day. <laughs> That's my name, Fantasy. Let's not talk about fantasy football. Uh, well, I'm playing. Can we not talk about fantasy football? Okay. Because I feel like I'm getting <laughs> a little bit while my team is thinking. Why can't, why can't your team stink? Because I'm a better player picker than you are. Let's see. The eighth race is official. All right. 40 on the winner. Give us the prices. The five, um, Sherry's Lens Lady, 640, 380, 220. The three, Rock Swan, put up a hard fought first over trip, $5, 380. And the 10, Crucial from post, 10, stage, Bet America. We don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. They're off and pacing at the Dan Pat Stakes. They come to three quarters and 122 and four. Lazarus. Lazarus came forth to win the 25th running of the Dan Pat Stakes. Celebrating Indiana's richest harness race, the 26th edition of the $300,000 Dan Pat Stakes on Friday, August 9th at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Watch it live on Wish TV at 9 p.m. The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 715. For more information and reservations, call 201 The Big M or visit PlayMeadowlands.com. Okay, we're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, joined by Jeff Cotton and Taylor Johnston. And, uh, again, we apologize for all the technical issues, uh, but we've had to switch to the old style. We're all called in here. We're all called in. And uh, you girls can hear me okay, right? I've never used AirPods before. 
Can you no, hear me okay? Really you're, you're just echoing because I'm sitting next to you. Oh, well, I guess I have to, maybe I should talk a little quieter then. Is that a little better? No, maybe it was because my microphone's broke. How about now? Is that better? Oh, that's better. Yeah, oh, way better. All right. All right. They're getting ready to go into the track for the ninth race here in just a couple of minutes. And uh, let's see. Echo's gone. I had to okay. I had to mute. Uh, I had to mute you there for a second, Jessica. So we'll have to kind of play with this a little bit to make it work. But you know what? We're 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 a team. We improvise. We you know we do all this stuff together. As the ninth race is coming up here in just a couple of minutes, it is the elevation for two-year-old Colt and the gelding of Pacers. The two odds on Osiris. No real surprise here, Jessica. Currently sitting. At, uh, can we use our mute buttons, maybe? That would help us. Can you mute yourself and unmute yourself? That'll help. Um, that way, I don't have to worry about. Uh, that way, I don't have to worry about turning you on and off here. But um, let's talk a little bit about five. Yeah, um, this horse race super, super, super large out of the eight hole last week. When he just got up the eye at that horse, he looked him in the eye and like kicked into another gear. You could definitely tell that his. Um, tank was definitely not empty he drew away from the field by seven at a last quarter of 26 and three 150 and three at the end of it and i read in an article after the race that pete said that he hasn't quite figured this horse all the way out yet but you know he's still learning he is a two-year-old he's only got six starts on the seat the six starts on the season and um, it'll be kind of freaky to see him as uh when he does get him all the way figured out You know, one thing about Pete, or yeah, you couldn't hear me because I was uh, muted there, sorry. You know, one thing about uh, Pete Wren is he really knows what he's doing with the babies, and he's really patient with those horses. How important is it to be patient with those kinds of horses? Oh, it is very, very important. You know, I've grown up around Pete my entire life, and he was always a baby guy, um, and uh, he does a lot he does great racing stable all around, but you can always tell the guys who sit behind their own two-year-olds and three-year-olds because they want to teach them how to race. They want to get them going, and uh, they're really good about it. <laughs> you're, you're direct and traffic. Andrew McCarthy and uh, Nancy Johansson stepping by here to uh, – they're going to eat dinner, I believe, so uh, they're going to go enjoy a steak, right? Yeah, they asked me if I could go make – if I had any – I can make them a reservation. So I got them in the steakhouse instead of at the clubhouse. So that'll be nice. The steakhouse here is phenomenal. If you've never been to your part, there's, there's a couple of different places you can um, eat. You've got the clubhouse. You've got the steakhouse. You've got um, all those little fancy restaurants up there. And then there's pizza places down here. And then you've got the phenomenal buffet that we just ate at a while ago. So, you know, sometimes they've got food trucks here as well. So they definitely give you a variety of food to eat. How about that buffet that we had earlier? That uh, was some good food. You know, the buffet here at Harris Hoosier Park actually overlooks the racetrack. It's one of the different things that you see because a lot of places you see the buffet in the casino, but you don't see it necessarily up in the grandstand. Yeah, um, they, and they do, and it's a big buffet too. You know, you've got I think they had seafood up there. They had a lot of fried food up there. They have like a pasta bar. They have pizza, salad bar, and you don't typically see you know buffets all of the time, but they always have their buffets out and ready to roll. It's it's very good food. Fat food is what you're saying. You're trying to, they're trying to make me a little bit bigger than I already am. I was just saying fried food. Fried, whatever, however you want to look at it. Fat food, that's, uh, that's really uh, really what it comes down to. So uh, Casey Pullman stepping by. We'll get her in a little bit. Um, we've had, 
I want to get through this post grade and let's get one race clean before we uh, before we start getting interviews. I just want to make sure that we're all set and ready to rock. Although Taylor, I'm going to send you to the paddock. Let's see if there's any trainers or anything over there, and uh, maybe we can uh, maybe we can talk to somebody. So I actually have to go to work now. Why? Well, I shouldn't sign up yes. for all this. All right, they're on the track for the. Uh, they're on the track for the ninth race. It is the elevation for Gerald Colton Gelling Pacers, number one, the Candy Man, trained by Ron Burke. Chris Page is in the Salkia local Ohio guy, and he has a uh, long shot stamp here, currently sitting at 99 to 1. The two is odds on Osiris. Melanie ran for odds on racing. Um, Peter ran in the Salty. Six starts, four wins this year, over 120,000 made, with a mark of 150-3 here at Caesar Park. Number three is My House. It's owned by Pollock Racing and Jeff Culliford. Jeff Culliford trains. Don DeLong is in the Sulky. This one made an uncharacteristic break from post number 11. Two starts back against Indiana Sauger Stakes Company. Then came back to a sixth-place effort, but that line was sneaky good just as he's only beaten by two-and-a-half lengths. The four is Sawyer's Desire. Ron Burke for Weep. Burke Racing, We River Semi, and B.D. Wills. Um, Yana Gingra in the bike. Six shirts this year. One lone win, two seconds, two thirds. It's over $54,000 made. This is one of those ones that's been racing in the Indiana Sire Stakes as well, but does have a mark here at Hoosier Park, a 153. Number five is Lose Sweet Revenge, is owned by Burke Racing Stable. And we talked to trainer Ron Burke, Jessica, during the speaker series, and he is in love with the Sweet Lou horses. Of course, he trained Sweet Lou to his dominant career. Coming off a fourth-place effort against um, Max Big Boy, who actually draws post number nine in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes Constellation. The six is Fox Valley Hustler, Irv Miller, trains Marcus Miller the Sun gets picks up the drive here. Um coming off of a win in the uh Indiana Sire Stakes. Seven starts this year, three wins, one second, two thirds, um just under thirty thousand made, but does have a mark of one fifty three and three here at Leader Park. Number seven is major bet driver Dexter Dunn is in the sulky and Dexter actually drove his first race over the Delaware Ohio racing strip yesterday and scored his first win over that racing surface. He comes in for trainer Mark Harder. The two year old Colt was fourth in his last start in the New York Sire Stakes at Tioga Downs. The eight always again, a hometown horse for Ernie Gaskin, Trace Dietrich, stays aboard this guy coming off of a fourth place flat finish in an Indiana Sire Stakes. This is the one that odds on Osiris drew away by seven in the field. The seven starts this year with three wins, has a mark of 152 and four right here at Hoosier Park. Number nine is Max Big Boy has won three of his last seven starts, including two of his last three for trainer Ron Burke. He seems to be rounding into form. It'll be interesting to see what he has here. The 10 at Territory. Pair Imgalm trains for Diamond Creek Racing. Scott Zeron is in the bike. This horse had six starts this year. Hasn't hit the winner's circle. Has a little bit of a uh, little bit of trouble trying to, you know, getting the hang of things. Coming from the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes Constellation, uh, made the front out of post eight, but kind of fell short there at the end of it. Has a mark of a qualifier of 153 and two. Looks like you got a little bit of a visitor and uh, Melanie Wren uh, stopping by. Uh, She's got odds on Osiris coming up here in the uh, 
upcoming ninth race and uh, you know throw the microphone to her real quick. Let's see what she has to say. Uh, you don't have the baby though. Where's the baby? To go. <laughs> Just one of the things at the Indiana Sire Stakes, they were like sort of fighting over the baby. One had him at one point, one had him at the next. And... Nice catch. All right. So again, one to five here on the two odds on Osiris. Seven to one on the four Sawyer's Desire, and five to one on the nine Max Big Boy. Um, Max Big Boy is um, a little bit of a play, taking some money here. Uh, but odds on Osiris, a uh, couple of people trying to beat odds on Osiris, but Jeff, I don't know that they do beat him here. I don't think they can beat him either, honestly, after the performance he had the last time out in the Indiana Sire Stakes. When he, he went by always again like he was standing still. The last quarter, 26-3, and three, and wins by seven, draws inside. So if there's any front-end speed, he's going to be the one who has it. You know, the Candyman can from post number one is an interesting horse as well. Adriana Sorella actually owns a piece of this horse, um, was ninth at his last start. He's going to have to sort of be forced a little bit out of there. But Chris Page and Ron Burke team up on a pretty regular basis. you got to think off the rail he's going to have to have a little bit of a chance. I, I agree with you. You know, um, I, if I recall correctly, um, Burke said in the speaker series that, you know, Chris does get along with the two- and three-year-olds, and he teaches them how to race, and he puts them in the best spots he can. And, you know, from the rail, when you have a horse that's a, a long odds, you know, Chris is going to get him in the best position he can. When you see a horse like Adon Osiris right here outside, you're probably going to let him clear, and he's going to probably want to take a two-hole trip. You know, if he can keep up with them, protect the pylon position, you know, expect to be him in the early mix. Jessica, how important is it as a horseman to know, um, or as a driver, so to speak, to kind of know your limits a little bit, maybe when to stay in, maybe when to make a move, and maybe when to just kind of take back, sit the pocket, and just kind of wait and see what happens. Well, you know, those guys out there have to make these decisions in just a split second. Um, you know, sometimes you want to pull first over, you want to be second over. The race doesn't always work out. But with these two-year-olds, thank you. You have to learn how to, um, to teach them. And... Um, and I think that's very important. You, you need to get, you know, those, those drivers to know. You don't want to airmail them every race. You want to give them a trip. You want to teach them to sit in the hole. You want to teach them to be on the front end. You want to teach them to be first up because when, when they are stuck in a situation where they have to come first over and, and they don't know what to do, that you can tell they'll look a little green. They'll want to pull up. So you got to teach them. And that's one thing with uh, bigger stables. You're able to do that. You're able to get six, seven, eight, you know, even 10 horses on the track with 10 different uh, trainers out there. But, to be able to keep them, you know, I'm going to go first up with this one today. Next trip, you know, I want you to be first up with this one. It, it, and teaching them how to race versatility-wise is very good because if you're stuck in a situation where you have the back to your say and your horse is only good on the front end, uh, good chances are you're not going to make the front end from the second tier. We'll talk more about that here in just a few moments because where we you viewed actually had to be put in that position um, on Wednesday in the jug at uh, let's put your microphone up there let's see if we can get steve cross with the live call of the elevation here they come and uh, they're off and uh, pacing in the elevation first out it's sawyer's desire alongside of my house towards the inside odds on osiris major beth living aggressively from the outside max big boy with early racing position fifth the Candyman can down to the inside as sixth territory comes away seventh. 
Racing eight then, it's Lose Sweet Revenge, followed by Fox Valley Hustler. The early trailer is always and again. 26 and 2, the opening quarter. Dexter Dunn has major bets in the clear here. The Arc Major Cold hands the lead by two, two and a half lengths. Sawyer's desire to the inside will race along in second. My house is third. And here comes Wren to the outside with Ons on Osiris. Ons on Osiris from fourth to third is now second. And Ons on Osiris sprinting right on by Major Bets for the lead. Ons on Osiris just now clearing as they reach the half. 55 seconds flat. Major did Major Bets on the inside is next in the second. Sawyer's Desire races third. My House is fourth. The Candyman Can continues in fifth territory, follows in sixth. Loose Sweet Revenge to the outside is seventh. Fox Valley Hustler with the ground. Saving trip is eighth. Always it again, ninth. They circle the turn as they arrive at three quarters and ear plugs out on Oz and Osiris. As Wren looks for a response from him, Oz on Osiris. Major Bess is back out from behind, looking to challenge and retake. 123, three and three quarters. Oz on Osiris leading for home. Major Bess to the outside. Sawyer's Desire down to the inside with a burst of speed with less than an eighth of a mile to go. Odds on Osiris. Sawyer's Desire. Indiana Brands 1-2 here and Sawyer's Desire going by for the lead. Sawyer's Desire wins the elevation in 151. Odds on Osiris second. All right. So Odds on Osiris gets defeated here and Jessica, I have to ask you, because you've been around horses just about all of your life, Odds on Osiris has never had just about anybody near him, um, and today he had to fight a little bit. Uh, do you think this is more of a learning experience for him? Yeah, I have to agree. You know, um, it does show him making the front there a couple of starts back, but, you know, those horses really not never got up near him, and he probably wasn't setting the fractions nearly as hot as they were, you know, tonight he – he definitely was able to let the horses leave from where they wanted to leave. He let them settle, and he pulled. So he was able to teach his horse there a little bit to sit and then go. But, you know, he was on the front end for a long time. And when you get a two-hole trip behind a horse carrying you off with some hot fractions, when the passing lane's there to help you get through, the passing lane does help in that sort. So, you know, I think this is a learning experience for him. And um, I kind of know now more, more what to do. It's not like he really gave up more at the end of it. That horse has had a lot more pace coming up the inside. Just got the perfect trip. Number seven, Major Betts got a big mile there. Dexter and Yannick were having a little bit of a uh, little bit of a discussion there uh, towards the end of the mile. But Yannick Jingra drives number four. Sawyer's desire for the Ron Burke connections. Uh, let's see. Baldacino just walked to the winner's circle. I was going to grab him for an interview, but. Uh, you know, for racing, we were resetting all the gang in the winter circle here at Harris Hoosier Park. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, you've got more from a post time with Mike and Mike. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the Mobility Aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike, are you a harness racing? trainer or driver? 
Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. From the edge of your seat start to the white knuckle finishes. Horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other. One that the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association intends to preserve in the Keystone State for years and years to come. From our breeders to track operators to you, the fan. PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseRacing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, Jeff Gotten, and Taylor Johnson joining you live from Harris Hoosier Park, where odds on Osiris faced a rare defeat as Sawyer's Desire gets the victory. We're going to send it to the front paddock. Taylor Johnson standing by with Hall of Famer Linda Toscano. All right, guys, I am here in the front paddock with Hall of Famer Linda Toscano. Linda, thank you so much uh, for taking time out of your busy night um, to come on the show with us. Anytime. All right, so let's talk a little bit about um, Speeding Spur N. You have Brian Sears in the bike. He just won a big race yesterday out at the Little Brown Jug. Um, got a two-hold tonight. How are you feeling with Brian Sears in the bike? Last time he was in the bike for you, you guys actually pulled out a win up at Tioga. Um, what are you feeling tonight? Well, I think my horse is going to have to be a trip horse tonight. Um, there's some very, very good horses in there, but Brian knows him a little. He, I had a lot of luck with him at, um, at Tayoga that day. And uh, if he works out a trip, if anyone can work out a trip, it'll be Brian. And so this horse, you know, has been okay. He's been kind of in the middle of the pack all year. Two wins, three seconds, and one third place. Um, have you given Brian any instructions, or are you trusting him going forward into this race? I'm going to completely and totally trust Brian. My horse is, you know, he's making a transition from New Zealand where the style of racing is very, very different to here, and we go a lot faster for a shorter distance. And he's learning, but he's certainly, uh, he's been credible, and he's held his own against the best of the best. And how has it been training a horse from New Zealand and trying to break him into the American style of racing? Has it been hard, difficult? Is this your first one that you've broken over here? No, I've had a other horses that have come over but he happens to be a really really classy horse he, he made a million dollars down under and he was very well cared for and I think they probably treated him very much the way we treat our American horses so it's been an easy transition awesome well again thank you so much for taking time out of your night and good luck to you Brian Sears and Speeding Spur N appreciate it thank you you're welcome back to you guys at the table all right, the ninth race prices are up, and uh, let's turn Steve off and uh, get Jess Scott to give you some prices after the ninth race. The four Sawyer's Desire eighteen sixty four dollars three twenty. The two Oz on Osiris two ten two ten. Major bets four eighty. The two dollar exacta two four thirty eight twenty. The two dollar trifecta two four seven two hundred and five dollars eighty cents. And I didn't make it to this trifecta again. They go really fast on that. I was like, give me a second. <laughs> uh, the Superfecta paid sixty eight sixty four, And the pick three, $2. I missed that one, too. 
Listen, you're going to be an announcer uh, before too long. You're going to be an announcer before too long. I don't think I can do that because I get so into watching the races, I would just keep watching and not say anything. <laughs> so I don't think I can do it, and I get confused. Yeah, I, I don't think that's this for me. You know, you guys that do it, I give you all the props in the world, but I don't think I can do it. She was sitting here kissing at the TV before. That was kind of funny. She's snapping and kissing and snapping and kissing. You know, I was waiting for her. Ah. Well, we were live on air, so if everyone randomly heard a ah, it would have been a little weird or freaky. They would have been confused. But uh, I was hoping I was on Osiris to fight back. You know, that's my hometown team. All right. The 10th race is coming up next. It is eight minutes away uh, here in Harris Hoosier Park at 931. This, by far, Jessica, I believe, is the best betting race of the night. Um, it's a completely wide-open field, and uh, you have working on a mystery who I, I just can't see going off at odds of 5-2. to two. Um, You know, it, it just, it's going to be a tough spot for working on a mystery, and I just can't see taking this horse at 5-2. to two. You know, this horse has been up and down all year long, and don't want to take anything away from him, but... You know, he was sick. He had a nice qualifier at here at Hoosier. You know, he had that big burst of speed, 25-3 and three at the end of it. Come up a little flat in the middle scene. He was parked the mile, three wide. You know, it was a very interesting race to say the middle. So you can't really make a ton of ground up when you're sitting, you know, a couple lengths behind a horse. He gets to have 57, I think, home uh, mile and 53 and change. But um, then he was sick and, you know, didn't race all that great in the Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Sire Stakes. Um, final, but he he draws good and he gets David Miller. David Miller's drove him before, but you know he, this might be a scenario where he needs to have a race to prep him, you know, to get him back and to gain his confidence and you know get a trip around there. And if things work out, so be it. He probably could win. he could he could definitely win this race. I'm just wondering how good he'll be coming back after being you know sick. What do you make of Century Pharaoh from post number ten? Sylvain Filion is down to drive for Doctor Ian Moore. Coming off three straight victories, has won six of his last seven starts. And, you know, he's been racing against some pretty tough company. Uh, Bronx Sealster, Best in Show, he's defeated a couple of times. Well, I remember Best in Show from the Meadowlands pace at the Meadowlands, uh, you know, uh, way back when. Was third in the mill scene to Better's Wish and Captain Victorious. An interesting spot here, currently getting six to five. Yeah, you know, I love watching this horse race, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, I've got a lot of free time on my hands, so all I do is watch races, and I make sure that I'm able to watch, and, you know, uh, Dr. Ian Moore had a lot of confidence in this horse after his last win in the Ontario Sire Stake program, and, you know, he had a little brown jug t-shirt on, but he said he wasn't able to supplement because he didn't win one of the big, uh, the part of the pacing, triple crown, and what have you not. So he had a lot of confidence in his horse to take him to the little brown jug, and he wasn't able to get there. So, you know, this is this is uh, where he fell, fell into, the Dennis Beach boy. So post 10, yeah, it's a tough spot. Um, you see him winning from post 12, which is a trailer at Woodbine Mohawk Park. But, you know, I think there's a lot of speed. There's a lot of versatile horses in this race. And, you know, Sylvain Villian knows this horse better than anybody else. And, and if you look on, on the program page, the only time this horse got beat was when David Miller drove him in. So, I'm a 110% firm believer that certain drivers get along with certain horses, and I think this is a good spot for him. I don't, I don't see why, I don't. Never mind. <laughs> I get what you're saying. 
I see what you mean. All right, let's send it back to you, Taylor Johnson. She has Roger Welch with her. Taylor is here, so. All right, guys, I am back in the front paddock, this time with Roger Welch, who is the trainer and hometown trainer here at Hoser Park with Bridge to Jesse's. Uh, Roger, thank you so much for taking time and joining us tonight on Post Time with Mike and Mike. No problem. Glad to be here. All right, let's talk a little bit about Bridge to Jesse's. You have John DeLong back in the bike after having uh, Luane Miller last week in the Open, and then you had uh, Trace Dietrich over at Toyota down in the Charlie Hill. Uh, John DeLong gets along with this horse really well. Um, have you given him any kind of strategy tonight, or are you just letting him have the reins? Uh, no, he, he can drive him the way he wants to. I mean, he's the quarterback. He's got to be flexible and be able to call some audibles, but he's driven him the majority of his starts in his life, so he knows the horse pretty well. All right. And Bridge to Jesse, um, just a couple starts back, actually went 151-1 and here at Hoosier Park, setting a new track record. That has got to be exciting for you. He's has home track advantage. How's he going to play that into his effect tonight? Well, I hope I hope it's a big advantage, you know. It's his home field advantage, and so far we've had some Indiana breads have won this evening, and, uh, you know, he knows how to get a hold of this track and go, so let's do it. All right. Well, we will be rooting for you tonight as you are the hometown hero, and we always like to see the hometown guys win here at Hoosier Park. Back to you guys. All right, thank you, Taylor. They are coming on to the racetrack for the 10th race. It's the Jenna's Beach Boy. And, Jessica, this was a uh, race I said earlier that kind of set up for some of the horses that did not necessarily want to go to the Little Brown Jug. Uh, yeah, it does. You know, this is a perfect spot for this race to be in that schedule. You know, towards the end of the year, that schedule gets pretty busy, and, you know, some horses have, and trainers have to, you know, pick and choose what races they're going to go through. And, you know, this is about as best, or the best of them that you can get as well, you know, the ones that went to the jug yesterday and here. So, you know, the, the three-year-old co-pacing division this year is, is very tough and very fun to watch. All right. Again, they are stepping onto the racetrack. The bugler about to uh, play his bugle again. We are going to have live coverage of the next three stakes races, race 10, 11, and 12. As we continue our live coverage here at Harris Hoosier Park, let's take a look at the field. Five to two on the one, working on a mystery owned by Diamond Creek Racing, Stan Bar, Lehman, Keith, and the Wingfield Brothers. Brian Brown trains David Miller drives. This horse has been a total mystery to the Brian Brown stable. It's going to be interesting to see if he can win from here. Five to two on the board is not a price I would take, but we could see this horse bounce back tonight. The two, Crimson and Chrome, Jim King Jr. trains for owner and driver, Tim Kietrick. This horse had a nice win two starts back in the Pennsylvania Sire Six, beating Working on a Mystery. He sat last the entire mile and had a huge burst of speed up the outside of them all. He has a mark of 150-3 over the Meadows. Big step up here for the three, Ali Z Tam. is owned by Ish and the Tam. The stables, Jamie McCumber does the training. John DeLong is in the sulky. It would be amazing for the hometown connections to win this race at 33-1. to 1. It's a big step up in class. be interesting to see how the three, Ali Z Tam, handles it. The four, Jaeger Rocks, or maybe it's Jagger. Jagger. You think Jagger? Jagger. 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 Ja- uh, you know, <laughs> Jagger Rogs is another hometown horse. Ernie Gaskin trains for um, Sam Woodrow, I believe, the leading driver here. He's on the board right now at 52 to 1, another long shot. He does have a mark of 54 over Pompano Park. 
All right. Number five is Little Rocket Man. is owned by Russell Beeman and Jack Freeman. Uh, Melissa Essig does the training. Trace Tietrich is in the bike. Added LASIK, four starts back, and seems to be improving with each and every start, and you're currently getting three to one. Uh, the six, Hot Rod Ryan Henry, Ludsford trains, the Hall of Famer Brian Sears, picks up this drive coming off of a second-place finish in a non-winner's um, class, so he's definitely going to have to step up his game. Has a mark of 150-4, and four, though, over the Hoosier Park surface and uh, did not race as a two-year-old, so he's a son of Captain Treacherous. All right, number seven is I am a real ladies' man, is owned and trained by a Perry Smith. How nice would it be for these connections to win? This is a small stable out of Illinois. Mike Easting picked up the drive, picked up a win here at Harris Hoosier Park at 150 and four. This horse has the ability to go 49, but it's a tough, tough group. The eight Bronx Steel Stir. This one ships in from Canada. It looks like off for Wayne McKeegan. Yannick Jingra picks up the drive here. You know, this horse has a mark of 149 and four. You only see one win um, in the win column for this year, but had a nice second place finish last time out to Century Pharaoh. So, you know, he's been racing in some, and against some good company. He's on the board right now at a good price of nine to one. I'll take nine to one on Yannick Gingra any day of the week. Number nine is Rocky Got Framed. Trained by uh, Jamie McCumber, Ricky McCumber Jr., is in the sulky. These two teamed up with Beckham Zetam in the Breeders' Crown just a couple of years ago, coming off a second place effort against Indiana Sire State Company after uh, two straight victories with six in the Millstein starting from post number six. The 10th century, Sarah, the one that I'm going to pick in here, Dr. Ian Moore trains this horse for Ratchford Stables um, of Canada. You know, this horse has got uh, 13 starts this year, 11 wins on the board just under $500,000 made a mark of 149 and one and Sylvain Dillion is in the lake. All right. That's the field for the upcoming 10th race. It's the Jenna's beach boy for three-year-old Colt and gelding pacers. It's a wide open affair. And I just can't see picking the one working on a mystery here. It's going to be too tough for him. I think. Like I said, um, I'm not saying that he can't beat this group of field of horses, but he's got to be on his A game after, you know, being sick. Um, it obviously took a lot out of him. We do see he had that nice qualifier over the Hoosier Park track, and then, you know, he kind of just fell off of his game a little bit. David Miller has drove this horse. He does have the rail, so, you know, he's going to have to protect his position. He's going to need to be on the pylons. He's going to need to be up front close to the speed, so that's how he races his best is when he's on the front or close to the front end. So the rail here is really going to help him. He's on the board right now at 3-1. to one. So if he can really get out of there and um, if he's on his track to being healthy and being as good as he was, there's no reason he shouldn't do well in here. The horse I really like in here, Jessica, is the five little rocket man from trainer Melissa Essig. Since she added Lasix uh, back on August the 16th, this gelding seems like he keeps getting better and better and better, and he can take more air. He's been outside most of his uh, racing uh, career over the past couple of starts. He gets post number five now. What do you make of this chance? I like this chance. You know, Missy Essick is a trainer here right in Indiana. I think right on the fairground. So this horse is on the track every day. She gets Trace Tietrich. You know, he sticks with this guy because he had the, he had the choice of um, driving working on a mystery, and he had the choice of driving Little Rocket Man. He stayed loyal to that. 
Um, and, and I like the addition of LASIK here. Uh, he fell off of the tail a little bit there um, in, in the beginning of the summer. He had a ninth place finish, obviously, and he went off as a favorite. They qualified him on LASIK. He qualified strong. He had some outside posts, six, seven, seven, and, you know, he just come up short. Um, in that last race out, but I did watch that last race and tell me, tell me about it one um, for, oh, I can't, Alvin Miller, and um, I actually used to have that horse last year, by the way, but anyways, um, this horse just come up a little short. It was a 149 and three mile. He still paced home in 26 and three, but the horse that beat him had a, a very good trip and, you know, just, just blew away the field. So this horse is, didn't, didn't race last year either. So he's one of the fresh legs and, you know, sometimes at two, uh, their schedule gets a little busy at the end of the year, and they, they try to hit all the races, and you can't do that and expect they to have a fresh horse right away. So this guy wasn't quite ready last year, and Missy's done a great job, and he's on the board right now at 4-1. to one. I would not pass him up for that price. Number 10 is Century Farrell. We're looking at Century Farrell on the screen, and how lucky. You're from Canada. You know about the London sale and things of that sort. Not a lot of big horses come out of that sale. This horse was a $17,000 yearling purchase has made over five hundred thousand dollars in his career an amazing amazing purchase from the london sale yeah my my dad has bought plenty of horses out of that sale i you know i bought one out of that sale i wish i would have had a success story like this you know rags to riches or whatever they say so um this is a nice horse you know seventeen thousand dollars purchase um this horse was super strong last week and uh just continues to, to race uh, on his A game, and I don't see how he doesn't beat this field today. All right, they are about to go to the gate for the uh, tenth race. It is the Jetta's Beach Boy for three-year-old Colt and Gelding Pacers. A pretty wide open board here, but the betting public stamps their crowd on number ten, six to five favorite, Century Farrell. Let's set it upstairs to Steve Cross with the last call.
What else is new? You're always confused. Anyways, uh, how about that race there? Century Pharaoh put in a big mile, but let's look at the rest of these horses. This horse, working on a mystery, was flat out flying down the stretch. Uh, Crimson and Chrome was right there into the mix there, too. Um, it looks like Rocky Got Framed will be third here. Uh, 149 and one, a big mile here. Yeah, you know, Rocky Got Framed tried the uh, Grand Circuit there, I believe, over at uh, in the Milstein. Yeah, he did, and, you know, he uh, didn't do too well over there. He's a big horse, so maybe he didn't just get over that half-mile track, um, but has been successful here at Indiana and the Indiana Fire State. But, um, honestly, the way Sanjay Farrow has been racing, he's been racing super sharp. He's healthy, he's sound, he's, he's just really on top of his game, so I really liked it in here tonight. All right, 10, 2, 9, and 1, 10, 2, 9, and 1 here in the 10th uh, race at Harris Hoosier Park. Let's send it up to Taylor Johnson. She's standing by with Mickey Birch. Taylor, take it away. All right, guys, I'm back in the front paddock again, this time with the Mickey Birch Jr. Thank you so much for coming out and talking with me tonight. I know you always love talking to me. I'm I'm good with it. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I mean, we did get to spend a little bit of time at the jug together here and there. I saw you everywhere on the track, at the campers. Man, this guy, you're everywhere. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a nice life. <laughs> I, get to, I, get, I get to travel here and there. I'll be in Lexington for a couple of days and then home and then back to Lexington for the rest of the two weeks. Man, I wish I had your life, your travel life. Yeah, it sounds great sometimes, but there's also a point where you go, I want my own bed. <laughs> all, right, let's, all right. Let's take it to business here. So let's talk a little, little bit about the 11th race here, the Caesars Trotting Classic. You draw post position six with mission accepted. You got Chris Page in the bike. I talked a little bit earlier um, with Chris when he was up Ian today. He likes this horse a lot. He thinks mission accepted is going to be one to watch tonight. How are you thinking? I think he got a good shot. The horse has done well for us this year, and uh, we've been really pleased with his uh, performance and everything. Um, you know, this is a step up from what he's saying, but we've given him some shots in some big races. I mean, he finished second in the Crawford, and, you know, he, you know, he's gotten out there and raced in some good races. So we'll get him, you know, I think he's got a shot, you know, inside a little bit would be better for him, but it is what it is. It's racing. Right, and I actually watched him a little bit ago um, when he raced in the Charlie Hill down at Scioto Downs, had Chris Page in the bike then, and finished third against some of the top horses, actually one of your guys' horses, Atlanta, that crazy great mare. Yeah, no, she's she's a special thing, there's no question, but yeah, no, he, I can't, he, he raced great against her, and he did, you know, we were real happy with that, you know, that placing that night, so, you know, get here, big track, we'll, we'll see what he can do. All right, now we'll talk about post eight. V Hanalar Hanover, V Mare going against the boys. How do you forgive me a little, little bit of smack earlier today about this horse? Um, actually, is a homebred here in Indiana. Has raced here almost what all of her life. Well, for her two and three year old years, and then I mean after a four year old year, we have moved her around a lot. But I mean, she won the Breeders' Crown here. She's done you know everything. Been horse of the year. And she's a home. I mean, she's an Indiana bred, which you know speaks great for the Indiana program and everything. So I was giving you a little smack about calling somebody else saying they were the hometown hero. I'm going, now how do you not put this mare up there instead of him? But whatever. And we've been racing here since the place opened. So I mean, you know, okay, we don't live here, but we've been racing here a long time. All right, so we got a couple of hometown heroes here at uh, Harris Tudor Park. Let's talk a little bit about Hannah Hanover. She has the eight hole tonight. How are you feeling about that? Um, what do you think um, kind of trip Yannick is going to give her? 
you know, that's a good question with Yannick. And we don't give it – I don't tell Yannick how to drive, so I, I, I haven't even talked to him about it. You know, it's going to be to see how everything goes. I think he'll look over left and see what everybody's doing, then he'll make a decision from that point. You know you got some people that are going to gas out of there and, and just because of the money and everything. So, you know, eight hole, it definitely hurts. They're going to get some boys. I mean, and, you know, she's not – she's, you know, maybe lost a step or two here. But she's still a great, great mare. And so we'll see what Yana can get out of her and where she can end up. And, uh, you know, she always tries. And that's the thing with her. You know, every time she goes to the gate, you know she's trying and going to make an attempt. So I just can't wait to watch her race. She does make a name for herself when she is racing against these boys. She does not back down against them at all. No, she actually, it seems like she actually accepts up, if anything. She has, you know, she's beat them on a few occasions. And, uh, so you can't you can't take anyone away from her. She's she's done it all, and uh, we're just you know lucky to be associated with her. Right. All right. Let's bring it back to race twelve now. Um, you are actually going to be in the pacing derby as well. You got a few horses in there. Um, we'll start out with or, or this is the plan. Uh, you got Pussies in two. You got Yannick back in the bike. Um, this is one that actually supplemented back to the you were at uh, Side of Downs, Tuesday seven. Not the trip that you were hoping for, but better post position tonight, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, he moves in a little bit. Yeah, I can't remember what what went wrong. Um, they were not happy with him, and and I can't give you an honest answer what they thought was wrong. Um, and I don't have a real good answer for it. But it wasn't a normal race for him, so I'm you know kind of throw it away and hope he shows up like he normally does. All right, and then we got post position three. You got Dorothy Dora Hanover with Matt Kaylee in the bike. Um, has been racing well all year, I think. Um, I mean, her numbers don't show it, but I thought this um, – no, this horse has been racing well this year from what I've watched. I love watching him. Yeah, I know he's one of our favorites. And, you know, a little bit of a disappointment here and there, but, I mean, he is still a four-year-old trying to go against the aged horses, and it's always hard for the four-year-olds to step up. I mean, Plan's doing – you know, obviously doing really well at it. But, you know, Dorso is just having some issues. and uh, But, you know, he went over to the cane, buzzed around that track real well. They were real happy with his performance over there. And, you know, he, you know back in, uh, in Meadowlands, he, you know, paced in 47-4 and four and win. So it's just a matter of getting him getting him in the right position and, and seeing how he responds. You know, Matt and him get along great, so I'm real hopeful for it. All right, and then we'll bring it down to the last one that you got in the race. Uh, Post-season six, filibuster Hanover. Chris Cage back in the bike tonight. Um, Chris actually drove him at uh, Sayota Downs as well in the Ewart, finishing sixth there. Again, not the trip that you guys were hoping for, but did you think Chris got along um, with his horse? Yeah, no, we thought he, we thought he got along with him well. And even that, he finished sixth, but he finished sixth by three quarters of a length. So it wasn't like he, you know, he finished badly. It's, you know, I mean, still, I think what he faced his last score in 24. But the race, you know, they fin- he finished all right. He just how the track the thing went it just didn't go for his favor so yeah chris will get chris gets along with him i don't think it's going to be an issue um again though you know coming out of that hole it's going to be interesting to see how everybody moves in this race and uh especially when you get to pacing horses they there's a lot they're they're flying out of there and especially the first turn you know first quarter in this track is always a little faster than most so uh it'll be quite interesting to see how that goes and what they have to remember here at hoosier is that stretch is a little bit longer than most tracks they can't you know just pull right after that last turn they got some time to go down that track yeah that's the nice thing about yeah yeah and that works better for the people coming from behind it gives them more and they can fan out farther and you know so it does make a big difference in how this uh goes because it is the tight turns are almost like a a smaller track turn, um, but yeah, and you have longer stretches. So it's a fun place to be and, and gives them a lot of uh, options coming down the line. 
Awesome. Well, thank you again for taking time out of your night tonight, Mickey. I know you are a very busy man uh, running around here and there. Uh, but good luck tonight, and we will see you around, hopefully, in the winter circle tonight. Here's hoping. Thank you. You're welcome. Back to you guys. All right. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USTA and the Bet America. I'm acting like we're coming back from commercial, but we're coming back from an interview while I stall, while we get the wonderful, I gotta say, I gotta say wonderful, wonderful Rose flood on, and uh, Rose, what a night it's been so far for you. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of really great, um, not only the Grand Circuit action, but even the undercard as well. Um, we just saw a really excellent, excellent competitive race, and the Indiana Sired horses have been performing great as well. There was, oh gosh, I have to look at my program, but we had a race not too long ago where um, the Indiana Sired horses were fighting for that first position, and that's just something really great to see, especially here. I just saw your proud dad walk by. Uh, uh-oh, uh-oh, you see what he's doing? He went, to go grab, he went to go grab him. So you've got the boyfriend here tonight, and you also have your father here. And, you know, are, we gotta, let's talk about that for two seconds. Are either of them racing fans, or is this kind of their uh, first experience at it? So, um... From working here, I've been slowly turning everyone in my life into a racing fan. My dad especially. He, <laughs> my dad um, now knows how to bet and is very into it. He's uh, trying his hand at the exotics tonight, actually. And um, the boyfriend's still very new to it. Um, so that's been kind of an interesting thing to be teaching him about. But, yeah, I'm determined to get everybody in my life, whether they want to or not, and to become a harness racing fan. All right, so you saw my bad beat earlier. We know that Emily has turned you into a gambler, so to speak. What is your worst betting beat? (laughs) Okay, so there was um, one night where, because the very first bet that I had hit was a Hoosier high five, because I figured, okay, go big or go home. So I, you know, for whatever reason, when I was an intern, became obsessed with trying to hit the Hoosier high five. So... There was one where it was, it was before I knew, like, oh, yeah, let's use the all button for the fifth spot. And I had the first five horses, including there was this, like, crazy long shot on top, but I didn't have the fifth spot, and it paid. It was something crazy, like, up in the 20000 and I just missed it by the horse in fifth. And I just, oh, my God, I wanted to die. It was so Oh my goodness, that's that, that's definitely a tough beat. Stick around here for just a minute. Taylor Johnson standing by in the paddock with Chris Page. We're gonna talk to her real quick, and we will be right back. Taylor, take it away. All right, guys, I'm here in the paddock this time with Chris Page, who races uh, back in Ohio with me, raced all summer along with me at Toyota Downs. Let's talk a little bit. You had a great week at uh, the Delaware County Fair this week. Uh, top driver there, man. Tell me a little bit about that experience. It was great. Um, it's kind of like my home track. I live 10 minutes from there, so my commute was nice. Uh, I got the opportunity to drive a lot of good horses. Uh, like to thank everybody. I, obviously, we don't have time to do that, but uh, the weather was good. The track was fast, and so were the horses. All right, and so you are actually about to go onto the track, so I won't keep you too long. Let's talk a little bit about Mission Accepted. You got post six for Ronnie Burke. Um, you did really well with this horse. I saw it when you raced out as a Charlie Hill at Toyota Downs. How are you thinking the trip's going to go tonight here at Heaser? Yeah, this horse has got a big shot in my book. Um, got beat by Plunge, Blue Chip, and Atlanta. So, uh, only got beat a half length to both them uh, horses. So, 
post six, we're gonna I'm gonna try to put him in play. Um, I look, I, I think he's got a big shot in here though. Awesome. Well, we will be rooting for you, as you know, you are my hometown hero back there, my favorite driver. I mean, nothing against those other guys, but you have been my favorite since I've started. But good luck tonight, Chris Hayes. We'll be rooting for you. Thanks, Taylor. Good job. All right. Thanks to Taylor Johnson for talking with Chris Hayes. He'll drive mission accepted here in the upcoming 11th race. Uh, Let's talk. We're back here with Rose uh, Flood. And, uh, Rose, listen, I'm going to try not to drop uh, Jessica's phone anymore. Jessica, I'm sorry. I almost cracked your screen. <laughs> I almost cracked your screen. But uh, you participated in a really interesting program here that Harris Hoosier Park has to offer. And it was the intern program. And it's one of those things that you kind of did it for, uh, I believe it was a year or two. And then you got to full time employment here. Tell us a little bit about that uh, program and what it did to kind of help your career. Yes, so I had applied totally on a whim, knowing absolutely nothing about racing, and I just figured, oh, this will be like a fun little blip, like conversation starter, and just absolutely fell in love with racing. And not only did I get the opportunity to learn from something like, or learn from someone like Emily Gaskin, who is just one of the best mentors I have ever had ever, uh, I get to work in such an incredible field alongside such incredible people and I truly get to do something that I love and the internship not only provided me with a full-time job that again I come to work every day and you went crazy I love it I feel like I get to choose something that's interesting like I don't you know go sit in a cubicle every single day I never know what any day at work is going to bring so I'm so grateful for that you know, that's one thing about this industry is it changes every day. There's something different that happens every day. And, you know, we, we always need to encourage new people to get involved in the sport of harness racing. Obviously, uh, we have Jacob Reinheimer who's included in the uh, group of interns, Taylor Owen, the girl who stalked What's her name? Brianna Bower. <laughs> Brianna, that's who it is. We got to get her over here a little later on. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding about the stalking part. Okay, we see each other around the racetrack probably. I don't know, eight to ten times. We've only counted three times where we've seen each other tonight, so uh, we're 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 in good shape. But you know, it, it, and every time I come here, it seems like somebody new is in the program, and that's just really something cool to kind of see. Yeah, and I mean, kind of going off of that, just this past week we had the fourth grade field trips that we do in partnership with the Harness Horse Beast Foundation that we work with Ellen Taylor with. And even just something you know, kind of I say kind of small, but I mean it was huge, but with um, kind of the younger generation, kind of getting them, you know, get their feet wet in the industry, you know, seeing their eyes light up when they're back in the barn, watching them take in the information with, you know, what are the, what do the saddle pads mean? What does the, all the equipment mean? And just hearing them cheering when we have the mock race going on during lunch, you know, we watch that and you think, you know, we could get some new people in this industry. It's not that crazy. And, you know, it just kind of restores your faith in it. I don't know. It's, I geeked out over it the entire time, probably more than the kids. You know, it's kind of interesting. I've been watching through the night and there's kids everywhere walking around this place. I think it might be because you're offering free ice cream, but uh, you know, who doesn't want free ice cream, right? That's what I ask the kids every single time. And I, because I would ask them, I'd be like, all right, and if you guys come back, you get free ice cream. What's better than free ice cream? And the only response that, you know, wasn't nothing was free cake. So that one kid got me there. There's always that one kid. And that one kid was usually me. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, you are the smarty pants of the group. So, you know, it is what it is. 
All right, ninth race, or excuse me, ninth race, eleventh race coming up here in nine minutes. It is the Caesars Trotting Classic, free for all trots, and uh, Jessica doesn't make it back here. Maybe we'll go through the post parade together if you've got an extra minute or two. And uh, you know, it's a really cool field here. A full field of ten will take center stage. The ten Guardian Angel AS is your current favorite at nine to five. Five to one on the one, Miriam Marauder, last year's champion. But you've got three to one on Crystal Fashion, who's coming off of a uh, Cashman victory. Check out the mic. You might help us. Okay, so we're gonna we will uh, take a break from uh, Rose. She's making a quick text, and uh, we're gonna send it back to Taylor Johnson, who's standing by with new Hall of Famer Tim Tietrich. All right, I'm here with Tim Tietrich, the new Hall of Famer. Congratulations on that. What are you the youngest uh, into the Hall of Fame right now? Uh, second youngest. John Campbell was first. Okay, so let's talk a little bit. You have the favorite right now. I think Michael just said that you are off at nine to five right now with Guardian Angel AS from the ten hole. You have been driving um, this horse very well this year. He's been putting up some great miles. How are you feeling tonight with post ten? Uh, it, it's kind of a worry for me because, uh, you know, you got to get try to get away as close as you can. And my horse likes to race, but, you know, we just got to hope we get lucky and uh, can get a nice trip. Now, your horse looks like he needs the front end to race well. Is that how you feel, or is that just kind of how the trip works out each time? That's just how it's worked out. He'll he'll go either way. Um, you know, uh, he likes the front, you know, because he can go fast up there. But, you know, he, he, he's win both ways. All right. Has the net kind of given you any instructions, or is she just like – you know the horse. You know him better than me. Do your own thing. Yeah, pretty much. You know, she'll say how the week's been on the horse and stuff like that. But you know, it's, it's when that gate opens, it's uh, you know, it's kind of up to us. All right. Well, thank you for taking time uh, talking to us tonight, and we'll be cheering for you out of post ten with Guardian Angel AS. Thank you guys. Back to you guys. All right. Thank you, Taylor. As she talks to a new member of the Harness Racing Hall of Fame, Tim Tietrich Rose Flood had to take off and head to the paddock to join the rest of the uh, gang here at Harris Hoosier Park in um, Taylor Owen and Jacob Reinheimer. They do social media for the Caesars Trotting Classic. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, it'll be the post parade and the race. Race number 11 is coming up next. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555.
Whitback Farm yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. The 2019 lineup features siblings of rich performers and first foals from productive families. In 2019, Whitback Farm is selling yearlings at Goshen on September 8th, the Ohio Selected Sale on September 13th, on Gate September 18th through the 21st, Lexington October 1st through the 5th, London October 19th and 20th, Harrisburg November 4th through the 6th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 7th and 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Hey, racing fans, we all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at PennHorseRacing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PennHorseRacing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post time. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Family problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Ben America, Mike Carter, Jeff Gotten, and Taylor Johnson joining us live from Harris Hoosier Park. And <coughs> Taylor, let's talk a little bit about the 11th race. It is the Hoosiers Trotting Classic. And no, I'm actually not surprised that um, she is 6-1 on the board because, like Mickey Burke said, she is a fan favorite here, um, kind of raced here her uh, two-year two and three-year-old year. Um, coming back, she won the Breeders' Crown here, what, against the boys, I believe, here at Hoosier Park. Um, so I think the fans do like her, and that's why they're putting that up on the, uh, the board tonight. But I think um, we haven't really talked about my bet because I don't really know still who I like. Um, it, I love all these horses. I've watched them all year. I've watched them, you know, the beginning of their careers. Um, but if I had to pick one right now, I think I like Guardian Angel AS um, with Tim Teacher and the bike for Lorenzo. This this horse has been putting up great miles this year and has proved that he is one of the best and can be the best here tonight. I don't think Post 10 will stop him at all. Yeah, you know, post-10 is going to be a little bit tough. I sort of have to throw out his mile in the Charlie Hill where he was parked a mile. He's still only missed two and a half lengths. He seems like he is the best. Crystal Fashion is taking some play here as well uh, for trainer Jim Campbell. And I tell you, Crystal Fashion has really put things together as of late. And, you know, he, he won the Cashman. He won the Hamiltonian Maturity. Jessica, you got a chance to see him out at the Meadowlands for Fashion Farms, LLC. Crystal Fashion could very well show up against this group tonight. Oh, 100%. You know, this horse has been racing extremely well. Um, I'm one of the, one of the uh, eliminations of the Maple Leaf Trot. I'm um, just cut up a little short at the end of just cut up a little short in the final, excuse me. But um, we saw him in the cash and we saw him in the Hamilton maturity do what he could do there. He won a division of the graduate. You know, the horse has a lot of speed, um, whether he's on the front end or if, you know, if he's got to track a horse, he's got to be close to be able to do it. Post seven, if he's going to do that, he's going to have to be close when he does come tracking. Hale or Hanover currently at seven to one. Uh, I, I believe this is a little bit of an overlay, but. Then again, I mean, she's been kind of hit or miss as of late. If the right handle or handover shows up tonight, 7-1 to one might be a gift. 
Oh, I agree 100%. You know, she came up a little short in the um, great Northeast final, but I believe that was a mile and a quarter over at Pocono Downs. Yep. And um, the horse that beat her was, was no slouch, um, rich and miserable for um, the beaters there. Um, that horse has been racing super all summer long. But, you know, like you said, she's been hit or miss. She threw in that uncharacteristic break in the Maple Leaf trot elimination. But, you know, when she raced on Medellin's pace night, she really had a lot of trot coming home, and she, she was able to get up for the win. But she looked phenomenal. She looked like the old Panelor. So I believe if the right one shows up tonight, she's capable of beating this group, and she's on the board right now at 7-1, like you said. But it's a price and a, a, a risk you need to be willing to take. All right, they're getting ready to come on to the racetrack for the 11th race. The staff and management are proud to present the 2019 Caesars Trotting Classic for $230,000. It is a free-for-all trot, win-play show, exact to try. Superfecta wagering, $20,000 guaranteed Superfecta pool. And coming on to the racetrack now is 2018 champion Marion Marauder. Marion Marauder is trained by Paula Wellwood. Scott Zeron does the driving a six-year-old bay horse by Muscle Hill. Coming off a fifth-place effort in the Charlie Hill Memorial uh, after being third in the Maple Leaf Trot. Marion Marauder is a Hambletonian champion, is a Cashman champion, and now will try to become a two-time Caesars Trotting Classic champion. And, Jessica, as we take a look at Marion Marauder coming onto the racetrack, boy, does he look powerful. But it's going to be a tall task from here. A little bit of an overlay at 5-1. to one. Yeah, I agree. And if you look a couple starts back, you know, the Maple Leaf Trot limb and the Maple Leaf Trot final, he had lots of trot coming home. He had an outside post in the Maple Leaf final. So he, he's able to draw inside to post one here. Um, the two is up next, Feeding Fur and Linda Toscano trains, um, Woodland Stud, New Zealand Incorporated. Brian Sears picks up the drive. I remember watching this horse at Tioga Downs and I was sitting on my couch one Sunday afternoon. And um, this horse looks phenomenal over there getting the win. And the Crawford Trot, 52-4, and 28-1 at the end of it. You know, this horse was transitioning um, over from New Zealand to here. So he's done a great job. 11 starts, two, two wins, three seconds, and a third. Just over $162,000 made with a mark of 152-4. and four, The two speeding spur in at 57-1. to one. And then the four, Bridge to Jesse's, the uh, um, hometown connections here of Roger Welch, um, DeLong, DeLong, and DeLong own the horse. John DeLong will train. Um, this horse has set a track record here, I believe, um, back earlier in the summer. Um, tried the uh, Charlie Hill Memorial. Didn't get the best of trips. Only got beat five lengths. Um, come back over to the Hoosier Park. Finished fourth in the open. Um, have the Wayne Miller driving. Not as not as typical, not as normal driver, you know. John DeLong gets along with his horse very well. He has a mark of 151 and one at Hoosier Park. Number five is Lindy the Great, trained by Domenico Cacheri. Louis Philippois, our man, Louis Wah, in the drive. He will be wearing the colors of the Lindy Farms. The black and blue is coming off four straight victories up at Woodbine Mohawk Park. The preferred, though, up at Woodbine, Jess? 
is a lot different than facing Hanover and Hanover and some of the greats. The sixth mission accepted Burke Racing. Um, well, I can't see the program. Where am I at? Burke Racing, Knox Services, and Weaver Busemi. Uh, Chris Page comes over for the drive. Chris Page drove this horse earlier um, over at Miami Valley uh, earlier in the year. He tried the Meadowlands, you know, went on to bigger uh, Grand Circuit races. This horse was good on Grand Circuit Company last year. Um, 16 starts, four marks in the win column, just over $186,000 made with a mark of 152 at the Meadowlands. Mission accepted could be a huge value play here at 42 to 1. Atlanta and Plunge Blue Chip are not here. Number seven, Crystal Fashion. The horse that I've liked ever since Hamiltonian Day, a couple, assuming one year ago, trained by uh, Jim Campbell and owned by the Fashion Farms, was fourth in the Maple Leaf Trot uh, to Guardian Angel AS and Atlanta. The eight, Cantalore, Hanover, Burke Racing, Weaver Persimmons, Frank Baldwin, Chino, J&T, Silva Salos, Yannick Jingra aboard for the world record holder, the mayor, you know, the home, she, she was the one that uh, started here in Indiana. She's an Indiana tired horse, so, you know, she's got a lot of fans here. She has over, she's just made under two or three million dollars, has a mark of 152 at the Meadowlands, but has trotted in Lexington in 149 and two. All right, number nine, six, a pack. Trotted a mile of 149 and three last year is a very consistent horse and currently sitting at nine to one. I would not count this horse off the ticket for trader driver Oka Spons. The 10 Guardian Angel AS ACL Racing and Annette Lorenzen trains Tim Tietrich in the Sulky. Um, this horse has been ultra sharp all year long. Won the Maple Leaf Elimination, won the Maple Leaf Final, the second in the Cashman, put up a game um, effort there. Won the Spirit of Massachusetts, I believe that was. Um, won the tre- Cleveland Trotting Classic. You know, he has a lot of uh, marks in the win column. Seven this year out of 11 starts. Um, over or $630,000 made with a mark of 150 and four this year at Woodbine Mohawk Park and gets another outside post. You know, this horse has to overcome post 10, but, you know, um, he's, he's drawn all over the place. He does his best work near the front, so uh, it, it, he'll have to leave from the outside to mix things up a bit, but there's no reason to not get the job done. That is the field for the 2019 rendition of the Caesars Trotting Classic. They are on the racetrack. And, Jess, tell me a little bit about what you think about the looks of Hannah Laura Hanover here. Uh, she looks great on the racetrack as they switch now to Miriam Mar- yeah, she does look great. Um, she looks great over there. She's a very cool, calm, and collective kind of horse, you know, just chilling over there in the paddock. But um, I like her. You're getting 9-1 to one on, on the on the board. They're going to have to mix things up a little bit. She's going to need to be on her A-game. She's facing um, a field of gelding trotters. Uh, and so, you know, in a field like this, when you draw outside and you're the, the mayor of the race, you're going to need a little bit of luck to uh, get near near the front end and be near the feet. Yeah, this is a really cool race just because it is so loaded. You're looking at number 10, Guardian Angel AS, and Tim Tietrich looks extremely comfortable in the sulky right there. You know, Guardian Angel AS has been kind of up and down uh, throughout his career, but 
He has really turned it on this season for trainer Annette Lorenz. And as we take a look at Hanover Hanover's balance, what I wanted you to look at, I mean, she just looks so powerful on the racetrack. She really does, you know, and she really grew up. She used to wear trotting novels. She used to wear a bunch of boots, you know, and now she doesn't wear any trotting novels. She doesn't really wear that many boots. Looks like she's maybe got some knee boots on, but she's a big stride trotter. And, you know, the way she goes just looks so easy, and she's so calm and collective, and, you know, she's a professional and knows how to do her job. Number five, Lindy the Great with Louie Wah in the sulky. And, uh, you know, she looks a little warm uh, to me. He looks a little warm to me for trainer Domenico Cacheri. But, you know, it, it's always tough to tell, obviously, on the screen. But she definitely looks a little warm. Or me, he looks a little bit warm here. Yeah, it looks a little bit hot-headed. But, you know, that, that may be the plan. You know, some horses need to stay calm in the post-grade. And some of them need to, uh, you know, go around there and warm them up and get them hot and fired and ready to go because they know when they go behind the gate it's time to go but you need to make sure that their head is in it they're you know ready to go warmed up and ready to go so i'm not always concerned when they're a little fired up um maybe if they can't get them stopped and have to go to the outrider that's another thing but you know i think he was just kind of getting the momentum going because he's going to need it from post five on the screen now, number three, a $50 bill as they switch back to number 10, Guardian Angel AS. A $50 bill uh, ever since that crowning moment in the Breeders' Crown. Uh, it had a decent season in 2018 as a three-year-old, but just really hasn't fired as a four-year-old. But Jessica, from a horseman standpoint, the transition from three to four is actually really tough because you have to go against some of those top horses. Yeah, it is. You know, a lot of people think growing from two to three is a big transition, but, you know, three to four is just as important as well because, you know, it, you race against two-year-olds all summer long, all year long in the Sire Stakes and Grand Circuit Company. When you go to three, some of them don't don't grow as fast and whatnot, but you're still racing against the three-year-olds. When you go from three to four, they don't have a lot of set, set um, races for just four-year-olds. So you're racing open horses that are five, six, seven, eight, Look at McWicked. He's eight, and, you know, a lot of uh, Lazarus is four. So, you know, the the transition, the mental stability, the physical stability from going from three to four, it, it's very important, like I said, because you're going to be facing horses all over the place that are much older. I like the uh, – I like the uh, – trying to watch the uh, – trying to watch the watch and uh, trying to talk at the same time. You did good there. I was proud of you trying to uh, take a look at that Apple Watch like I do. But listen, I have to do the same thing when Taylor texts. You know, you got you know, to make see what, see, what, see what it's all about. Number nine, that's six-pack currently at 10 to 1. Taylor, let's bring you in here for just a moment and uh, tell us who you like and uh, tell us who you think is going to win. <laughs> All right, guys, I like the 10 Guardian Angel AS uh, with Tim Dietrich in the bike. I don't think post position 10 is going to be any problem for him. Um, like his last start at the Charlie Hill, I mean, he finished fourth, but his last quarter was 28, came home 150, uh, 2 and 1. But he's been putting up great miles uh, this year, and I don't think the 10 will stop him. But he is going against some good horses, Hamilton. Handler Hanover is going to be up there with the guys, I believe, as well. She's not going to be one to uh, shut your eye on. All right. Thank you, Taylor. And they're getting ready to go to the gate. 
for the $230,000 Caesars Trotting Classic. Let's send it up for the live call to Steve Cross. The female here will challenge the boys. $230,000 on the line. Free-for-all trotters enter the stretch for the start. Here they come. And they're off and trotting in the Caesars Trotting Classic. A good even start here from the outside. Crystal Fashion tries for the lead. Lindy the Great emerging from between horses. And they're alongside Bridge to Jesse's. Speeding spur towards the inside is fourth. Marion Marauder comes away fifth. Guardian Angel to the outside is next in the sixth with Handler Handler in seventh. Racing eighth, then, as they uh, circle the turn, mission accepted. Ninth is six-pack, the early trailer, $50 bill, as he lags behind in tenth. 26-1 for a hot first quarter here, set by Lindy the Great, but there to the outside is Crystal Fashion. He's been out every step now. He'll uh, step forward and grab the lead. Crystal Fashion clearing to the front. Lindy the Great to the inside is next and second, then Bridge to Jesse's right there in the uh, hunt. Third, Marion Marauder is underway. First up on the outside, for Zervon from fourth. And Guardian Angel now with a perfect second of a trip here for T-Trick is fifth. They're at the half and 55 seconds as they continue on to the far turn. And up front for the lead, it's Crystal Fashion and David Miller. But at his wheel in second, Marion Marauder inching closer. Now beginning to uh, challenge in the second as they approach the three-quarter mile marker. Blocked in behind horses, Lindy the Great is third. And to the outside, Guardian Angel is set to come off live cover from fourth. They're at three quarters in 123 and three. They're on their way home at the Caesars Trotting Classic. Miller getting busy the bike there with Crystal Fashion. To the outside, Marion Marauder. Down to the inside, Lindy the Great coming on through. To the outside, Guardian Angel. Along the pylons, it's Bridge to Jesse's. But it's Lindy the Great who opens up with every stride. Lindy the Great opens Open-length winner in the Caesars Trotting Classic at 151-1. and Mission accepted. Gets up for a second. A five-horse battle for show. A shocker in the Caesars Trotting Classic. And I don't even want to think that that's really a shocker. But, Jess, they were coming from everywhere. 26-1, and 55 flat to the half. They get 28-4 in that second panel. But how about the patient drive by Louis Watt? Yeah, 100% a patient drive. You know, that horse, uh, obviously he wanted to leave out of there. And um, we saw that Timmy, you know, being the second tier, if there's no horse next to you, like if there was an 11 horse in the race, if there's no horse next to you, you're allowed to follow from, you know, pick your pick your spot to follow. And, you know, Lindy the Great shows leaving out of um, any post position that he's had lately at um, – Woodbine Mohawk Park, and so that's why Timmy decided to follow out of there. He, he dropped in fourth or fifth, and the way the race unfolded, um, Crystal Fashion was left every step out of the mile and had to clear just before the half. So this guy was able to stay patient, and thank God for the Hoosier Park uh, passing lane. If it wasn't for the Hoosier Park passing lane, mission accepted. How big was he here, Jessica? Boy, did he close from far off the pace. He was about 90 wide coming off the turn and through the stretch, and uh, he tried his home strong. 
Yeah, he, he definitely did. You know, he got a third over trip behind Hannah Lohanover, who was second over. She was gapping cover. She was a little rough in that turn, um, you know, and kind of spit the bit there a little bit. So he had to flip three wide. And when you're around that, that turn three wide, that long, and then you're four or five wide, and this is a long stretch, you know, these horses aren't quite used to it. So Chris Page did a really good job being patient with him after flipping three wide and getting to kick home. So he gets up for second. Um, if he wasn't so far back, maybe if he was the second over horse instead of third over, there's a good chance he could have got to him. But, you know, kudos to him, kudos to the connections, because that horse race just as good as the rest of them in here. All right, Lindy the Great, all smiles for Domenico Cacheri, Louis Waugh visiting the winner's circle. He's going to hope to visit the winner's circle in the next race with Jimmy Freight uh, for the Hoosier Park uh, Pacing Derby. To me, I'm sorry, he's not driving Jimmy Freight. He's the regular driver of Jimmy Freight. Thank God you're here. The look you just gave me was frightening. Well, I knew Trace had the option between um, uh, Jim, uh, Jimmy Freight and on duty. So when I saw that... Trace chose, chose Jimmy Freight. I was a little um, confused there, uh, you know, and he said, uh, so I just wanted to make sure we had that right. So I did, at first I was second-guessing my house. So maybe he chose on duty because he does drive one of the industries for William Combs as well. Okay, the 11th race is now official, 5, 6, 10, and 9. 5, 6, 10, and 9, Lindy, the great mission accepted. Guardian, Angel, AS, and Six-Pack. Number five, Lindy the Great, springing a little bit of an upset. You're going to see a little bit over a $12 mutual. It's going to pay pretty good considering, um, let's see, the exactus should pay pretty decent. The 10 is the, one of the favorites. But let's talk a little bit about Hanalore Hanover. She did not fire down the stretch. And that was a little surprising to me. I thought for sure she'd be a little bit closer. You know, maybe I thought she would get away a little bit closer and maybe have to come first up or, or be able to ride the passing lane and, and do it that way. But she got the second over trip behind Marion Marauder. And, you know, he, he didn't finish in the top four, but she was gapping the cover and uh, it just kind of spits a bit. But here are the prices. Lindy the Great, um, $13.29 by 40. Mission accepted, $24.29.60. Tim Petrick, or Tim Petrick, Guardian Angel AS, two eighty. The soup, the ten cent super fix of four oh three fifty four, and they'll hopefully they'll stick it back to the two dollar exacto one hundred ninety three dollars twenty cents. The two dollar trifecta thirteen hundred twenty eighty. The fifty cent trifecta three thirty twenty, and I missed the bottom one again. It goes too fast. It was a. I almost got them all. It was the two dollar yeah. price. It was the two dollar price for the uh, superfecta, which paid just over. $8,000. We're going to take a short time out. When we come back, Taylor Johnson will have winning connection reaction. You've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USDA and Bet America. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. 
It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Booten, Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training surface in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun in wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. All right, we're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USTA and Bet America. Mike Carter and Jeff Scott. And Jeff, let's kind of analyze the race here a little bit. Uh, obviously, the big thing here, the $350 bill making a break. Um, but the 10, Guardian Angel AS gets into a good early position. But that's because he decided to follow the speed out of the five, Lindy. Yeah, and you see that he decided to follow. He still gets away. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five. He still gets away six as Lindy the Great was able to clear to the front. That would have been a long mile being second. That's what Crystal Fasten had to do. Made it, past, made it to the front just past the quarter right before the half. So he had to put up a tough uh, fought trip after getting to the quarter, 26-1. and one. I thought that was going to hit us over here. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, Louis let that horse go, was able to, you know, sit very well, and Guardian Angel AS had to come second over behind Mary Marauder. You know, I was inter- it was surprising to me to see Mary Marauder allow- allowed himself to be flushed out by Guardian Angel AS, but he didn't really want to be locked out at the inside off that 26-1 first quarter. And then once Crystal Fashion made the lead, it kind of turned the race into a better spot for Chris Page, who currently right now is ninth on the turn. Yeah, he's fourth over. That's what I kind of was saying. Um, the race would have totally set up different if Timmy would have continued to follow Lindy the Great. He would have either been second or third over, you know. Um, and then here's Hannah Lauren Hanover right there, kind of getting a little bumpy in the turns. Um, and then that's when Chris is forced three wide right in the turn and able to come, you know, that far, that long. You know, he's one, two, three, four, five wide. And, you know, honestly, Marin Marauda put up a good spot fight here. Um First over, you know, looks just like his old self and kind of spit the bit there a little bit, but Lindy the Great was much the best in here. We see Chris Page going to work on mission accepted and a game effort to be second. Speaking of Chris Page, let's set it back to Taylor Johnson. She's in the back paddock with second place runner-up driver Chris Page. Taylor? All right, I am here with Chris, but he walked away from me, you know. 
Yeah, thank you. We're on air right now, so I'm just waiting on you. Know, always waiting on Chris Page. All right, what's going on? All right, Chris, let's talk a little bit about Mission Accepted. Put up a hell of a fight down the stretch, uh, finishing second to the winner, um, Lindy the Great. How um, was Mission Accepted feeling there? Uh, he raced very good. Um, I was kind of toting him up before the race, and he didn't disappoint. Uh, I was fourth over. Um, had to move three deep a little quicker than I thought, but uh, the horse dug in and trotted hard down the lane to finish a nice, easy second. All right. Um, was that the trip that you were hoping for tonight, or is that just the, kind of the one that uh, played out? Well, you know, I went in the race kind of with an open mind. I was just driving the horse how he felt. Uh, he scored down good, but I looked left out of the gate, and there was an awful lot of action, so I had to hit the plan B because I was actually planning on maybe taking a stab out of there, but uh, there was a few guys that had the same idea I did, so uh, we just took back and just drove him how he felt. Awesome. Well, uh, congratulations on uh, a, sec a huge second-place finish with Mission Accepted, and good luck in the next race. Thank you, Taylor. All right. Thank you, Chris Page, and back to you guys. All right. The T-shirt toss is happening here at Harris Hoosier Park, and you think I'm going to catch a T-shirt just, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, you may have to get a little closer. It looks like they're a little weak on the arm. He's looking for him, looking for him, and I think they're out, and I don't think he's going to get one. Oh, oh, they tried. <laughs> she tried. She tried. She tried. <laughs> Look at that. He's going to get one. All right. We got us a T-shirt. He got himself a T-shirt. Taylor launched it for us. Uh, Taylor had a heck of an arm there. Nice. I'm glad you could get a T-shirt. Those are folded very, very nicely so they can launch them, you know. I roll them at the middle ends, and then we put uh, – Rubber bands around each side of them, but uh, that's a nice throwing. It's like throwing a ball just about. I have to tell you, I always try to bring a Kate home a present. I'm going to tell her I spent like $20 on this, too. And I'm going to laugh when she's listening to this because I know you didn't spend $20 on this, or I'll text her and tell her you didn't. <laughs> and I'm going to laugh because I know good and darn well she is not listening to the show. She's got better things to do on a Friday night. Well, you know, maybe she does, but if I was sitting at home, this is probably what I'd be doing, listening to the show and watching the races on my TV, because, well, we know I'm just a horse freak. We know that you would be home listening to this show, though, on a Friday night, and uh, we hope you're enjoying listening to the show. We know we had some technical gas, but just one thing about us is we know how to improvise. We had to switch, completely switch software in the middle of the show, and uh, listen, you got to know how to do those types of things to make it work. Yeah, you know, um, Dave Brower always says, you know, you never know what's going to happen on live TV. So this is a live podcast. And, um, you know, when you can't get connected to the Internet, when the Internet goes down, when, you know, microphones stop working, you just got to go, what is it, fly by the seat of your pants? I think that's what they say. So, yeah, you just got to fly by the seat of your pants sometimes. So that's what we had to do tonight. So everything's working out great so far. And we've got one more race left to cover. That's correct. One more race left to cover. We're 11 minutes away from the uh, 12th race, uh, running just a little bit behind. I'm hoping that we're going to be able to get this race in live. Uh, currently uh, 1028 here at Harris Hoosier Park. We are 11 minutes away, so we're looking at about 1039 and 4. So, yeah, we should be able to get this one in towards the – we did not get an interview towards the end, but we will get this race in. It is the Harris Hoosier Park. Pacing at Derby 6-5, to five, currently on the 2018 Horse of the Year 
McWicked, and he returns here to Harris Hoosier Park after finishing second to Lather Up, Jessica. But Lather Up kind of got the luxury of the uh, passing lane here after being bumpy around the turn. Yeah, you know, Montreal drove that horse up phenomenal that night. He knew he had trouble in the turns. He let him pace the turn the way he wanted to pace the turn. Nick was good went right on by him, and he was able to, you know, get back into the bit, back and in, back into his mouth, and was able to come up the passing lane right here in the stretch and draw away again. You know, Lather Up is such a fun horse to watch, but uh, you know, McWicked has not won yet. I I don't believe over the Hoosier Park um, track. I thought this horse raced so, so, so well in the Jim Ewart Memorial. He's had a week or two off, you know, freshen up again. Casey's, I don't remember where I was listening to this. Maybe it was in the speaker series where she said, um, you know, he won his first start back at the, in the open, I think, at Mohawk. And then he got beaten a couple of times. But she said he'd have, she had a lot of trouble with the same foot she had trouble with when he was younger. And, when she brought him back, she thought maybe he wasn't as fit as he needed to be. So she was just worried about keeping him sound at the time, got him race ready, and, you know, he put in a solid effort in the Garrity or the whatever, the high Senate Garrity. And um, then they took him up to the San Joaquin Memorial, and that's a mile, that's over a mile. And I think they hit the mile in, uh, I want to say, 146 and three or 146 and four. And they ended up pacing the mile in 159 and two. And, that was a world record for a mile and an eight. Um, and he was third, only beat four lengths, still pacing the minute or still pacing that um, mile and an eighth in two minutes and one fifth. But, you know, come back in the Dan Patch in the second year, won the um, role with Joe at Tioga and the, you know, Canadian pacing derby. Didn't really have that much luck. That race was so. I don't want to say discombobulated, but it's definitely not how people thought it was going to plan out, and it definitely showed. Um, you know, I'm not going to say he raced bad. He just kind of um, never left the rail, really, and, you know, the speed was coming from the outside that night. Andy McCarthy uh, takes a walk by us here, and uh, Andy's got a rare night off, and he's at the race. He had one drive, and he's at, he, and he's at the racetrack. He's just like you. Just like me. Oh, yeah, well, they, they're all, I think they all have to go to Canada tomorrow. So, um, you know, it's a big night up there. He's got a couple of nice mountains for uh, Tony Alanya. And, if you know, those horses are eligible to the drug next year. Uh, they'll have a lot of fun because Captain Midnight seems to be pretty sweet. So uh, he's enjoying himself, it looks like, and uh, good for them. They deserve to have a night out once tomorrow. You know, this time of year is brutal on the trainers and drivers. They're traveling all over the place. Speaking of having a great week, Brian Sears is having the week of his life after winning the Little Brown Jug yesterday. And for more on Brian Sears, let's send it back to Taylor Johnson. Taylor? All right, guys, I am back in the back paddock this time with uh, Brian Sears. Brian Sears, I just want to say congratulations on such a great day yesterday at the Jug. I know you were probably high in the clouds after that win. Um, with Southwind Ozzy, you took the elimination, then you took the final um, just wow, what a horse that was. Yeah, he um, really uh, showed up well yesterday, and like he has all year, I guess, but he uh, is a pleasure to drive and um, very relaxed and uh, knows what he's supposed to do out there, so it makes my job pretty easy. <laughs> and then even today you have a nice horse, um, one that has taken care of you um, here lately. Uh, Mick Wicked draws post four uh, for Casey Coleman. 
Uh, McWicka was the 2018 Horse of the Year. It's come back this year. I say it's done pretty well so far this year. I mean, had a little bump in the road, um, you know, kind of in there. But just coming off a win in the Ewart over at Sayada Downs, what a mile that was there. How were you feeling after that? Like, wow, uh, that, that race gave me chills. Yeah, that was a huge effort uh, for McWicked, and it was great to see him, uh, you know, get get it done down by the wire late. It was so close. I really didn't know if we won or not, but uh, it, was, it was a huge effort. Like, like he always always does, he, uh, he tries his best, and uh, he's all racehorse. Now, does Casey give you any instructions, or does she trust your judgment and trust what you want to do, and you just go out there and, and you drive him the best that you can? Yeah, that's pretty much the plan usually, and uh, this horse lets me know what he wants to do usually, and uh, sometimes he doesn't like to be forced into some some situations, and uh, and but when when it when it's time to go, usually uh, he's ready. So he kind of does the talking for you. You don't force him to do anything. You just feel him, see how he's doing, and he does it for you. Yeah, he, he, he's, a, he's aggressive at times, and sometimes he, he's pretty relaxed. And uh, sometimes when I try to force him and, and, and wind him up, it, it hasn't worked out for me so well. But, uh, like, he, he's a professional, and uh, he pretty much could drive himself, I think. Right, and he has post four tonight. I mean, it's kind of in the middle there. Um, does he need to be on the front or just fall back and let it work from there? Um, he can do it either way. He's he's a very versatile horse, and um, the main thing you got to love about him, he's always going the right direction at the wire. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking time out of your night. I know you're about to hook up for this race, and we'll be cheering for you. And McWicked from Post 4. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Back to you guys. All right. Thank you, Taylor. As she talked with Brian Sears, how about the drive he gave South Wind Ozzy yesterday? Uh, Jessica, you know, it's uh, one of those things. It's one thing to go one heat, but to have to go two heats like he did, he really raced pretty amazing. Yeah, he really did, you know, and he was in against American Mercury, who set some hot directions. I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head. Um, but it, And he just got by him at the wire. And, um, you know, for American Mercury to set those hot fractions and South and Ozzy to be first step on him on the outside of him was pretty amazing. And, you know, the horse race phenomenal. And finally, you know, hats off. Bill McKenzie and uh, Brian Sears and all the connections, you know, the little brown drug is definitely a race that everybody wants to win. And it's just great being there and being in the atmosphere. So I'm sure they were all thrilled and still, still celebrating. Now the question here is four to five on McWicked. Does McWicked have to win this race? Um, I'm not going to say have to win this race or, or he will win this race, but I think he's got a pretty, pretty good shot, but you know, the horses in this race with him are no slouch either. Uh, this is the plan. Like I said, it shows a seventh place finish after, you know, making the front um, and, and the uh, Jim Stewart Memorial. He was run at the entire time um, by Western fame, and he only was seventh by a length and a half. Do you know he was there? He still paced a mile on 149 and one. Um, Dorsador Hanover, okay, here's a horse that I loved watching as a three-year-old. And then when he comes back, you know, this year, uh, he, he didn't really show much in the first um, leg of the graduate. Uh, he had throat surgery, I believe it was. Um, so I think that's what Matt said was throat surgery. Yeah, throat surgery at um, Batavia. And, you know, the horse went off as the favorite in the cane pace there. And I was super shocked because he was in with some nice horses as well. But I hadn't been impressed with what he was putting in. I was impressed with the Marley putting in at the Meadowlands in a condition race when Tim Tietrich was aboard. Um, went out there from post nine, made the front just past that quarter. 26-2 and two at the end of it, 47-4 and four for the mile. That's his lifetime mark this year. Lifetime mark and mark this year. 
And so he had the throat surgery. He raced he raced good in the San Key, and then he was out in the open at Sayota down uh, post-state there, tough to overcome, and then um, went and w- went out and won the cane chase. And I, he was so phenomenal over that half-mile track that I really think a bigger track is going to help him again. Don't tell me again from post number nine is an interesting horse here. Uh, was second in a dead heat at um, in the Jim Ewart Memorial after finishing fifth in the Great Northeast Series. Jeez Joe is a horse you mentioned earlier. Currently sitting at 99 to 1. Do you think that he has a chance against this group here? Um, you know, I would, was really curious to see why he took all that time off. Maybe I'll catch up with Marcus or Irv later and just kind of ask for my own knowledge because, um, you know, I, I have a feeling I'd like to see him at the Meadowlands over the winter again in those preferreds. But he was so sharp in November, so sharp in December. Then he kind of went missing. He put in a couple of solid qualifiers. Made a break the last time he was here. That's interesting. But it looks like it was an interference break. Then he went down to um, Lexington, Kentucky, and the preferred and went away in 149 with 26 at the end of it. Jumping back to Don't Tell Me Again. This horse last year, if he was able to be closer near the pace, like the the front end hot pace, I think he would have been able to beat the the group he was in against. And then the, just a week later, he went out. I was talking with Joanne, and she said, my horse is going to win next week at date, and I guarantee you my horse is going to win next week at date. And he was so good this week. So I went around telling everybody that Timmy T and don't tell me again we're going to win, and they went off and won. So, you know, this horse is another one that's coming back from throat surgery. I talked to Jim King Jr., uh, about a couple months ago there at Chester, and he was telling me, you know, he, he trained down really good, and he raced really good in the beginning, but, you know, he's having a little problems breathing, so they, they did the throat surgery on him, so he's coming back. You see, it's only his fifth start back off, off of a qualifier um, after having a little bit of time off after that. He's very solid, um, finished fifth in the Great Northeast um, at Poconos there at the end of uh, August, and finished second in that dead heat at uh, Sciota Downs, but how can you take anything away from the horse? They were flying. There were horses everywhere, you know. Uh, horses coming up the inside, the one on the front. They were just it, – it was a very good race. Post nine is um, definitely something he's going to have to overcome. But I think coming off of that confidence booster race, he's uh, definitely got a shot in here. Did your mom tell you to feed her or something? She keeps bringing you money back from everywhere. No, she said, do you have any cash? And I said, yeah. So I had to go back and buy – they gave me some, they gave me twenty five dollars to go back and buy Chris a whip, Chris Pace a whip, and I said, okay. So I get back there and it's like twenty six something. I said, so I kept the five and I used twenty. So then I said, well here's the change from the other twenty, and I'm assuming that this is her winnings from tonight. And if it is, she's in trouble. So uh, you know she does actually, you know, doesn't been in the business her whole life, and she's pretty good at. Uh, betting you know she likes to play she likes to play numbers but she's also not dumb when it comes to watching race you can tell who has pace interesting interesting she's the she's the gambler of the family so to speak so uh you know you know my my mom doesn't love to gamble I can't really say that but you know she likes to play gonna like to bet a little bit my dad and I like to say we're gonna bet you know I'm not gonna say I'm the best handicapper in the world but I can pick a winner or two, and my dad and I are more of the analysts of the races, and we know when a horse gets locked in or needs room and, you know, needs a, needs a start. So we kind of give them a little bit, and then uh, I, 
for example, my mom only plays numbers if she's going to play a pick four, and I gave her a pick four that paid over 500 bucks at the Meadowlands, and I said, pay us. I want some of that. You would have never hit it if it was for me. <laughs> so uh, it's a little funny story. Don't, don't let her fool you. That's the only pick five she's ever hit in her life. Anyways, I'm just kidding, just kidding, guys. Um, actually, the last night we did the best bets of long shot the night before the handbow. I hit my best bet long shot and pick four ticket. I didn't bet it, but I hit it all. I just, want, I just like the bragging rights, honestly. <laughs> all right. There's nothing wrong with that. They're on the racetrack for the 12th race, the $176,000 Harris Hoosier Park of Pacing Derby. The track staff and management here present this free-for-all pace. Number one, Me So Fast, is a train by Virgil Morgan Jr. and owned by the Winchester Bay Acres LLC. A mark of 149. Brett Miller is into drive. Excuse me, Dexter Dunn driving change here. Good call, Jess. Brett Miller is not driving uh, the one Me So Fast. Dexter Dunn will drive here in the Hoosier Park Pacing Derby, coming off a second, just beating the neck at Saturday. Out. The two, this is the plan on the board right now at five to one for trainer Ron Burke. Burke Racing, Lever Bersimi, JNT Silva, Libby and Libby. Um, this horse is coming off of a seventh place finish in the Europe, but like I mentioned before, only getting beat a length and a half. Has a mark of 148 and two at Pocono Down. Number three is Dorsadoro Hanover, one a winner of the Kane from post number five at Batavia Downs Gaming in 152 and two. Come home in 27 and 2. That's flying some for that half mile race course. The four is Nick Wicked on the board right now as the favorite at four to five. Casey Coleman trains SSG stable owns. Brian Sears is back in the sulky after coming off of a win in the Jim Ewart Memorial in 149. This course has 11 starts this year, four wins in the column. Casey said he's overcome some, some foot issues, but he's sound, fit, and ready to go. Has a mark of 148 and three this year, but a lifetime mark of 146 and two, and those sharp. In the fast Lexington Red Mile. Number five is Jimmy Freight. First time Scott DiDomenico here for Jimmy Freight as he gets a new trainer uh, for owner Adriano Sorella. New driver here as well for as Trace Petrick picks up the mount as Louis Wah and Scott Zeron uh, will not. Uh, let's see, I don't believe Scotty's in the race and Louis Wah is not in the race either. So interesting play here for Trace Petrick. Currently sitting at 5-1, to one. he's raced well over the Hoosier Park racing service before. The question is, can he get to the front? The sixth filibuster handover, another Ron Burke horse in the race, Burke racing. Um, J&T Silva, Weaver, Sunny, Chris Page um, in the sulky. Uh, here's another one that teamed up. Chris and Burke had a, a, a long shot there in the last race, and Chris had him placed, you know, where he was able to get a good place fit a good second place finish. So uh, they're teaming up again here in the Hoosier Park Pacing Derby with filibuster Hanover coming off of a, a sixth place finish. Um, only getting beat three quarters of a length. And honestly, when they were about a half a football field away from the wire, I thought that he was the winner in the Jim Ewart Memorial. He, uh, he comes to all the big races, you know, uh, he has a mark of 148 and four this year at the Meadowlands. Chris Page has shown up at some of the big times here tonight, so it'll be cool to see if he can get a victory for trainer Ron Burke. Seven G's, Joe, was a winner of a preferred company at Lexington back on, I can't even read the program, September the 14th. 
uh, went right to the front and never looked back. This is a very versatile gelding who can come from just about anywhere, and G's Joe is currently at 81-1, to 1, a big bomb on the board for trainer Irv Miller. The eight Endeavor, um, Jeff Culifer, our hometown uh, trainer here, Pollock Racing, Jeff Culifer owns Sam Widger back in the bike again tonight. This horse is coming off of a very impressive win in the open here at Hoosier Park, 26-1 at the end of it, 149-1 in the mile. This horse, a couple of starts back, um, finished third in the damp hatch out of post seven, you know, with 12 lengths at the off at the quarter pole, um, had had to come on the outside uh, to get cover, but had a lot of space coming home, coming home in 25-3, and three. so he shows he can race with the, the Grand Circuit Company horses. Number nine, don't tell me again, for trainer Jim McKing and the connections of Patton Racing Stables Incorporated. Was second in a dead heat, really had to make up a lot of ground at Saturday Downs in the Jim Ewart Memorial. Nine, don't tell me again, we'll start from the outside here. He has a little bit of a chance, currently sitting at seven to one. The 10 on duty, um, William Crum takes over the um, training here. John Barnard is the driver or is the owner. John DeLong is driving this horse. You know, I'm pretty familiar with this horse as he raced at the Meadowlands um, over the summer. Um, Patricia Adams does a phenomenal job with their horses. And I, when horses go from uh, east to west and west to east, you know, they, they kind of swap out horses there between the trainers. Post 10 is going to, is, is a trailing position here. So, He's gonna. If he's got the, the inside horses are gonna leave. This horse is gonna be with them. That's all I can say. Like he's got the speed to show. I don't know if he's Grand Circuit, you know, um, caliber, but you're gonna see him up there if those inside horses leave. Because if he decides to follow one that we saw the last race, if we if if he decides to follow one that's gonna be able to leave out of there, he's gonna be uh, close to the action nonetheless. <laughs> interesting to see who kind of takes off from where they're at this filibuster Hanover leave Chris Page said earlier he had to kind of rework his game plan a little bit um in the trot so will he leave will McWicked try to fire off the car he's a horse that likes to rate off the pace and would rather rate does Dorsodoro Hanover try to leave who who's possibly going to leave here based on your experience you know, there isn't a lot of ton of front end speed here, but this is the plan likes to be on or near the front. You know, the only, you know, I, I've watched this horse race all summer long. Um, he gets trapped in the two hole, you know, coming around the last turn, it seems like. And Yannick always has to, like, wrestle him back, you know, seesaw him and fight him. But he, he's a horse that when he's on the front end, he, he doesn't know how to win on the front end. He shows one time winning on the front end um, in a pre, I don't know how to say that, pre detail. And the free to pay, but you know that that was another different uh, scenario. Obviously, um, the fractions weren't quite as hot, but yeah. I see Yannick leaving. If he's going to make the front, I don't know because he does like to sit in the two hole with this horse. But like you said, there's not really a ton of speed. You know, there's a lot of versatile horses. Geez, Joe always liked the front end. Uh, well, back in, I know when it, we watch him, he likes to be on the front end, but he also likes to track horses. Endeavor is one that I feel like is going to need to track a horse. Chris Page is going to need to put Philip Busterhand over in a in a spot where he can um, get a trip just like he did with Handler Hanover. Jimmy Freight, you know, he he always draws bad, 
But, you know, he's a horse that can leave off of the car just about as fast as a rocket. So, you know, um, he can leave, and before they say go, he's on the front end, you know. So it'll, it'll be interesting. First start, Scotty D. First start, Trace Tietrich. Um, maybe they needed to mix it up a little. Like I said before, not every horse and driver get along. So it, it'll be interesting. Maybe don't tell me again. We'll want to leave from the outside to be close to the action. It'll be interesting to see if there'll be a party in the Iowa cornfields tonight. We're headed to the gate for the 2019 Harris Hoosier Park Pacing Derby. Steve Cross with the live call. The gate swings into the stretch for the start. Here they come. And they're off in the Pacing Derby. And like a shot from the center of the track, it's filibuster Hanover, as Hollywood indicated. Filibuster Hanover with that early gate speed secures the lead. Me so fast to the inside comes away second. And Denver charging up on the outside from third. Dorsodero Hanover to the inside to fourth. This is the plan is out in fifth. Then it's Jimmy Freight racing in sixth. They are around the first turn and on duty towards the back here with Cheese Joe. And don't tell me again. 26 and 3, the opening quarter, and Endeavor has secure the lead. But out from behind comes Filibuster Hanover to retake for Page. Filibuster Hanover knows the neck a half length. Endeavor to the inside, racing in second. Meets so fast, gapping the leaders in third. Mick Wicket on the inside is fourth. Fifth, this is the plan. And to the outside, Dorsodero Hanover, alongside on duty. Has no racing room along the uh, pylons. 54 seconds for the halftime. And leading the way to the far turn, filibuster Hanover with Endeavor hot on his heels in second. McWicket is out and moving forward now third. And this is the plan as well placed the second over me so fast towards the inside fence. On duty, still buried, but advancing on the inside. Dorsodero Hanover to the outer flow. Jimmy Freight is next as they come to the top of the stretch. They make the turn, racing for home at three quarters and one, 21 and four. Up front and leading, filibuster Hanover. Filibuster Hanover still there by a length and a half, nearly two. McWicket to the outside, off his back. This is the plan with a burst of speed. Towards the inside comes Endeavor. Now less than a 16th ago in the pacing derby. To the outside, this is the plan. To the inside, Endeavor coming to the wire. This is the plan. This is the plan. And Endeavor in 148 and 4. One forty-eight and a four. Endeavor almost pulled off the upset there for Jeff Culliford. An interesting turn of events here, Jess. Filibuster Hanover and Endeavor went at it for the first half mile, and they both hung in there strongly. Yeah, you know that's definitely not how I seen the race falling into place. Uh, I, I didn't expect Filibuster Hanover to leave that hard out of the gate, and I, I didn't expect to see Endeavor leave that hard out of the gate either. But you know. And when Chris did retake and, and separated from the third horse that was sitting there, which happened to be me so fast, you know, that really helped Sammy Forge, you know, get to the passing lane and, and, and finish a strong mile. Um, they all had a, they held in there very nicely. I think Chris ended up being third. This is the plan. I thought it would be another one that would leave out of there just from watching uh, before. You know, he's, he's a horse that he loves the two-hole, but maybe this was a confidence booster. You know, he needed to get being second over to get there. Yannick Jingrau with another driving victory here tonight. Number two, this is the plan, who has really put things together 
who has really put things together uh, as of late, and uh, he's looked really strong uh, over the past couple of starts since tra- changing to the Ron Burke stable. Yeah, you know, 100%. Uh, he's, he's been a nice horse. He raced good all, all year long last year, and he's put in nice miles. You know, the, I think this is his time to shine here. Yeah, he doesn't even – he shows a win a couple starts back, you know, in that pre – what is it called again? pre de pre I don't know why I will never get that right. pre de he, he showed a good mile there, but, you know, this is one of his good his, – it's his time to shine here tonight, you know. This is the plan. Returns to the winner's circle at 7-2, odds of 7-2. Eight Endeavor, 37-1. Six Filibuster, Hanover, 20-1. And one Miso Fast at 17-1. And you got to give Chris Page credit, Jess. Uh, he put his horse into the race and really drove smartly. Yeah, you know, like I said, I did not expect to see him leave out of there and, and you know, shake things up, but, but he did, and he let the, he let that horse go instead of fighting him, and he, he retook, and Sammy let him retake, and he, he had enough horse in there at the end of the mile to uh, to hang on for a third, you know. These horses were, were coming from off the pace, and that's what, you know, got, got a beat, but he was phenomenal tonight. One person you're not interviewing is Mark Weaver, and him and Yannick are sharing some laughs and hugs in the winner's circle here tonight. I, I think it was Mariah with uh, filibuster hit over. So Mariah was taking care of uh, Chris Page's horse uh, as race number 12 goes official. Again, I'm not sure that we're going to be able to get winner's circle reaction here before we go off the air, but the two, this is the plan. Springs the upset here in Harris Hoosier Park for Burke Racing Stable and uh, Weaver Bersemi and the gang and Purnell and Libby and all those and uh, this is the plan in 148-4. Yeah, you know, he was just great tonight. Um, uh, there he goes back to the winner's circle. The uh, results are official. 2861. This is the plan stopping the clock in 148 and 408 momentarily for the prices as they come up. It's the eight was second at a thirty-seven to one, and the six was third at twenty to one. And me so fast is fourth at seventeen to one. Here are the prices. This is the plan: nine sixty-four, eighty, four twenty. Endeavor twenty-one dollars, ten dollars even. Filibuster hand over ten forty. The two dollar exacta. Dang it, I missed it. The ten dollar, the ten cent super exacta, six ninety-eight thirty-seven. We'll see what the other ones were when they flip over again. The two dollar exact is twenty six two or two six two sixty two. The two dollar trifecta is twenty seven hundred fifty dollars forty cents. The fifty cent trifecta is like six eighty seven. I think I don't know. They keep going so fast and I can't read them. Here are is the replay as we see here. As they leave the gate, you know, Philip Buster Hanover just really fired out of the air to make it to the front. Um, they got to the front again. And, uh, you know, me so fast is able to protect his pylon position. I think he ends up getting away uh, second year. And here he is, Endeavor, on the outside, leaving from post eight. And he, he clears to the front just before the quarter or just at the quarter bowl, he clears to the front. Page sits there for a second and says he's not going to be content with the two-hole. Pops the pocket. <laughs> and goes right on by and opens up on the third-place horse, which is me so fast. 
And I think they get to the half and 54 and change. 54 and 4, maybe. Can't see. Yeah, 54 flat. 54 flat. And, um, you know, Mick Wicked comes first up. And, uh, you know, Gannett kind of had to grab into his horse a little bit there to get second over. But uh, it, it worked out in his his, his plan. Yeah, yeah around the last turn, you know, McWicked I thought was going to make a big move here, Jess, but, you know, it's one of those things where McWicked just did not kick on like I thought he was going to, and uh, riding second over cover here was just the plan wound up being the perfect trip for the inning. Didn't really have that kick in. Um, he, he waited really, I didn't notice this during the race, but he really waited to come first over. Like, that's his grinding trip, and he really waited, and Yannick had to grab into his horse. Honestly, right here, I didn't think he was going to have any more pace than that. I really thought um, Endeavor was going to hang on for the win, but, you know, he just had that little bit of kick at the end of it to get past him, you know. What a, what a great couple of races only, you know, being separated by. All right, Night for live racing action here at Harris Hoosier Park for Jeff Scott and Taylor Johnson. I'm Michael Carter. We Time, turn all of the lights on over every board. 